Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1274, air date July 23rd. 2023. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Idri. We're going to do a co-Twitter uh, spaces as well as a live stream um, to really help people understand what's going on, why I've made this very, very bold statement that Congress, Republicans, and Democrats, Kennedy and Trump, two clowns, actually hate America. And when I'm done with this, you're going to understand why I'm making this statement. But we're going to go live on Twitter space. Okay. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Adure. We're live on Twitter, um, as well as Facebook, uh, as well as all channels right now. And the discussion we're going to have tonight is why, um, and it's a very important discussion. And by the time I'm done in this conversation, and we have a number of people on Twitter spaces will be joining us. We have um, Crystal and John, who are our co-hosts on Twitter spaces. We have some speakers here. And the speakers that we have here were in the midst, in the epicenter of the storm in 2020, when, as many of you know, I represented myself in federal court in the most historic lawsuit of the, probably in the entire United States, exposing how the Congress, the Republicans and Democrats, um, destroyed the First Amendment of this country because fundamentally you're going to realize they hate America. They hate you. They hate the American people. And I use that word hate because that's what we are. We all have to contend with. And anyone who thinks Trump or Kennedy um, are your friends, you're going to have. You're going to by the end of this either have a serious uh, cognitive dissonance. And some people who actually hear the facts sometimes have to take two days off and say, "Shit, everything Dr. Shiva is saying is right. I need to get my head out of my ass." But that's the journey you're going to go through. And uh, that journey is a very difficult one if you are looking to those from the swarm, from the elites, from the establishment who have golden-plated toilets, um, people like the Kennedys who kill people, murder people, can get away with it. To think that they care about you is probably one of the most fundamental errors anyone can make in their life. It's no different than um, somebody who gets abused and raped by someone thinking that that rapist and that abuser, because he gives you a flower at the end of it, or gives you a box of chocolates, it really cares about you. And that's the discussion we need to have. And perhaps a true American like myself, who has gone through the journey of coming from India with nothing, uh, being born in a caste system in India, who's not a Brahmin like this fucking dude Vivek, who's a fucking bullshitter Maximus, uh, who's a butt buddy of uh, you know Jared Kushner, who's promoted to essentially make invisible the real brown uh, person, which is me, which is fighting for America, um, as well as a bunch of other brown people who showed up. It's quite fascinating to actually brown out me, and we'll talk about that. But what you're going to realize is that these individuals, every member of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, Kennedy and Trump hate you. They hate America. So let me support everything I'm saying by facts. As an engineer, as a scientist, I like to go to facts so they're unequivocal and ir irrefutable. Let's go back to the facts. Um, first of all, before I begin, I just want uh, uh, a couple of people to introduce themselves very briefly. Um, I'll start with Crystal. Crystal, can you briefly introduce yourself as a co-host? Um, take uh, 30 seconds, who you are, how you came across, uh, everything that I'm about to talk about. Go ahead, Crystal. 
Uh, thank you, Dr. Shiva, for letting me come on. Uh, my name's Crystal. I'm out of Nebraska. I've uh, been following Dr. Shiva and the movement for going on four years. And I was very uh, present, involved, not only in his Senate run that was stolen from him, which I was in Massachusetts. In 2020, yeah. In 2020, uh, which I was there to witness it, but then also him being kicked off of Twitter, him filing that lawsuit, and I was present at all of those hearings uh, for his federal historic um, lawsuit. So thanks for letting me come in, Dr. Shiva. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks for serving as our co-host. Let's go to John. John, can you briefly introduce yourself? And each one, we'll come back to John and Crystal who share with you their journey. And everyone, everyone is going to realize what a, what a scumbag Trump is. You're going to realize what a scumbag Robert F. Kennedy is. And this is a time for an awakening. If we really want an awakening, not a fake awakening like Alex Jones is talking about. Go ahead, John. Uh, hello, my name is John Medler. I lead up Dr. Shiva's uh, video team. And I've been uh, making Dr. Shiva's campaign videos since, uh, well, a lot of other, more than just campaign videos. But I've been doing the video work for Dr. Shiva since uh, the 20, 2018 campaign, actually. So I've been working very closely with Dr. Shiva for quite a while. Thanks, John. And let's just introduce, uh, we'll come back, uh, let's just briefly introduce uh, uh, Jen Bennett. Jen, go ahead. If you can just, Jen, if you can just briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll come back to Jen. Go ahead, Jen. Jen, you have to unmute yourself. Hey, everyone. I met Dr. Shiva back in, was it, I think, end of 2019. You were hosting the first uh, vaccine um, uh, awareness but event. One, one second, Jennifer. Um, someone just said Trump is a scumbag. Okay, bye. Time to unfollow. So that's a woke conservative right there. That's a person who virtue signals and if they don't wanna to listen to the truth, you're a fucking moron and you are a woke conservative and stop attacking woke lefties then because you're part of a MAGA cult. Go ahead, Jennifer, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I attended your vaccine conference back then and I was just super excited to find uh, a scientist who uh, understood mothers and was willing to, to stand up for the truth. And so I hopped on the wagon, was very involved um, for about a year and a half, uh, took some time, but was still supporting afar as I was raising my uh, children the last two and a half years. Great, Jen. Thanks. For having, great to have you back. Um, let's go over to uh, Kristen Falvey. Go ahead, Kristen. Kristen was also in the center of the storm. Go ahead, Kristen. Hi, I'm Kristen Falvey. I've been working closely with Dr. Shiva since the 2020 Senate uh, campaign. And like the others here witnessed uh, firsthand uh, everything that went down from the election being stolen from Donald Trump and team ignoring the warnings from Dr. Shiva and all of us with the election fraud, uh, all the way up through uh, the historic win back freedom lawsuit. And also I am here in Massachusetts uh, locally to Dr. Shiva. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Kristen. So we're going to hear from other speakers too, but let me begin. So I want everyone to wind back the clock. Um, if you are one of those, uh, and also, oh, we have Frank Licata here. Frank, could you just say hello, please? Frank, could you unmute and just say hello? Frank, by the way, uh, he'll introduce himself, but Frank was uh, literally in, uh, Frank, you need to unmute yourself. Literally, you know, on the ground in the Trump campaign, not just wearing a MAGA hat like a lot of Trumpers did thinking they're Trumpers, but putting up thousands of signs for Trump in the bitter cold for a year and a half, left his job 
and uh, did tremendous amount of work until he figured out what Trump was really about and then support our, our movement. Frank, are you there? Frank Licata, you need to unmute yourself. Um, Crystal, you may want to uh, text Frank. But anyway, let's begin. So I want everyone to uh, close their eyes and think about where they were in 2019. 2019. Okay, think about where you were in 2019. All right? Maybe hard to recollect. There's been so much. It's about four years ago. Well, I know where I was in 2019, and many of the people who I just introduced, we were in the middle of our United States Senate campaign. I was running as a Republican in Massachusetts um, in the primary. The primary was to be held on September 1st, 2020. So write those dates down. So if you went back to November of 2019, we were putting up signs. We were, um, uh, Jennifer Bennett and I were, uh, you know, uh, uh, negotiating deals to have big banners put up. Um, by the end of 2019, early 2020, you couldn't leave Massachusetts without seeing a Dr. Shiva for Senate sign as a Republican. All right. So you drive down Route 93, you'd see a huge billboard. You drove down Route 84, you'd see a huge billboard. You wrote down 95. And all of this was done by $5, $10 donations given by Americans, real Americans, working Americans all over the United States. And you would have thought that the Republican Party in Massachusetts and nationally would have embraced me, the epitome of the American dream. And some people have a problem with me speaking directly, cursing, um, and calling these people out. Well, you're not an American if you do that, and you're probably not a Christian. And I'll explain that too. But you're looking at someone where you always know where I stand. My personal integrity and my public integrity are aligned. I don't kill women. I don't go, suddenly people disappear. I don't bang whores and pay them off in my private life and then act like I'm some great American uh, in my public life, okay? I'm, I am the way I am end to end. But in 2019, 2020, you could not leave Massachusetts. We raised close to $2 million by individual Americans to support our GOP primary campaign. All the facts are there. 25,000 lawn signs, 10,000, sorry, 25,000 bumper stickers, 10,000 lawn signs all over Massachusetts. September 1st, 2020, the word on pretty much even the Republican rhinos and the Republican sellouts was Dr. Shiva is going to win on a landslide. On a landslide. There are about nine counties in Massachusetts, around 300 different cities. We were everywhere. 3,000 volunteers, people like Crystal, flew in from Nebraska to hand out cards and signs. We had people coming from all over the country to help our campaign. Why? Because I represented the true working people, and I was not selected top-down by the fucking Republican Party who was in cahoots with the Democrats. And why do I say that? Not once did they call us, not once did they support us. They didn't even invite us to the debates. In fact, it was so architected, so rigged, that the, for the first time in Massachusetts history, no poll was even run in the Republican primary. In fact, what the Republican GOP did was they went and found a fool by an Irish name, O'Connor, right? Because that's what they could, that's the only thing they could do to go against a guy called Dr. Shivaya Dure. And this guy maybe had one lawn sign up, maybe. No campaign, maybe raised $200,000.
couldn't even get enough signatures, 20,000 signatures you needed to get on the ballot. He had to go cry and whine to the Secretary of State to lower the count to 5,000 because it was COVID. We got all of our 20,000 signatures. That's the mobilization we did. A bottoms up movement by the working people for the working people. People who came to our campaign, 60% had never voted before. They were inspired by what I had to say and particularly our slogan, Truth, Freedom, Health, and this movement. What happened on September 1st, 2020? You know what happened? The election was completely stolen from us. And I never thought election fraud would ever take place in the United States. In fact, we had a, a guy who drove our bus, a very hard worker, Richard Giorgio said, he goes, Shiva, I think you're going to, the only way they're going to, you're going to lose this is if they steal. I go, Richard, that doesn't happen. That happens in places like Zimbabwe and Chile. Anyway, September 1st, 2020, we had a huge party set up. A lot of people showed up and we see the results coming in. And we find that we win in the all white working class community of Franklin County, where all the votes, 90% of the votes are hand counted using primarily paper ballots. I win there by 10 points. And in every other county in Massachusetts where they use machines, my vote was 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Unbelievable. And we all looked at this and we said, there is no fucking way this took place. So what did we do? That was September 1st. The next morning, um, we, uh, it was, it was, I think it was a week, uh, it was three days later, we went to the Secretary of State's office with a video camera. It's all on video. And I, during those 72 hours, started putting on my hat as an MIT PhD, as an engineer, as a computer scientist. And I started studying everything about voting machines in the United States, which I'd never done before. And I found out, I was the first one to find out and put it out there. Um, others had done it in little click groups, but broadly, that the voting machines, the Debo voting machines have a feature in there called the weighted race feature. A feature where if you got 10 votes and I got 10 votes, they can mysteriously multiply your vote by a weight two, so you got 20 votes, and multiply my weight by 0.5. So I only got five votes, okay? It's a long history. I can talk about why they put these features in, but we found out my votes were debased, which means brought down. I spent another week with, with mathematicians and myself as an MIT guy, you know, some math, um, particularly as a PhD, you're forced to learn a lot of math. And I was able to conclusively show through a stochastic modeling that my votes have been cut by, for every one vote I got, I was debased by two and my opponent was increased by two, something on that order. Um, and then we went to the Secretary of State's office and we said, look, we want the ballot images. What are ballot images? And again, we had to educate the public on this. Every voting machine in the United States takes a piece of paper and it takes a picture of it. And when it takes a picture of that image, that picture is converted to an image. Sorry, the picture of that paper. And the image is called a ballot, B-A-L-L-O-T image. The ballot image is stored on the hard drive, typically an external drive or an internal drive or in RAM. And that image is analyzed by the artificial intelligence algorithms on the machine. And it determines, oh, who got what vote? It's looking for the little circles or the check marks, all right? Well, by federal law, by 52 USC 20701, passed by a Democrat majority 50 years ago, it demanded, because you know minorities, people felt were getting che uh, cheated off their votes, that all records 
in connection with the federal election must be saved for 22 months. So I, following the law as an American citizen, which America is supposed to be the rule of law, we went to the Secretary of State with a video camera, went up to the floor in Boston. We said, hey, we want the ballot images. And the guy behind the counter, the guy who runs elections says, oh, we don't have those images. We deleted them. Got it on videotape. And then I formally gave a uh, public records request. And according to law, they have 10 business days to respond. Well, September 25th comes, they, that's 20, I think third or fourth comes, they do not respond. I send an email. I said, what is your response? You're violating law. So they send an email saying, oh, we don't have to give you those ballot images by law. And I go, can you show me the law? That was this, the next email. They don't even answer that. They send me a PDF to some manuals of the, of the machines, completely irrelevant. I write back. I said, you violated federal law. This election is null and void. Those four emails subsequently on September 24th, I put up on Twitter and I said, Massachusetts deleted 1 million ballot images. Okay. And boom, I'm thrown off Twitter. That, that, that tweet was going viral. A fake news organization said, Dr. Shiva claims ballots were deleted. I never said ballots were deleted. I said ballot images. You see how clever they are? And that organization did fact checking, a fact checking, a fake fact checking organization. And they said, um, we contacted the Secretary of State's office in Massachusetts, and they said that they had contacted Twitter. Let me repeat again. So this stupid fact-checking organization, a blessing in disguise, helped us. They said that the government of Massachusetts had contacted Twitter to deplatform or to ban a United States Senate candidate. Now, just think about what this means. The government had contacted a private company to ban, to violate the free speech, not of just any citizen, but a United States Senate candidate. So to those of you who probably were sleeping, hopefully, unfortunately, when you took history class, let me remind everyone that the highest form of speech protection in the Constitution is not only freedom of speech, but freedom of political speech, that a person running for office, an activist has a right to criticize their government. So whether I was right or not, whether they deleted ballot images or not, by the way, which they did, they have no right, the government has no right to suppress the speech of a political candidate. I'm a political opponent of the state. That is what is supposedly happens in China and Zimbabwe and Chile and all these quote unquote third world countries. So I knew I had a first amendment case. Let me first remind again, everyone, what is the First Amendment? And when you, and I want you to write this down, please write this down, because then you'll realize why all these people in Congress, Republican and Democrat, hate you. They fucking hate you. Kennedy hates you. Trump hates you. These people are bastards. They hate you. Why? What does the First Amendment say? Among many other things, the critical thing it says is Congress, first word, shall, second word, pass, third word, no law to abridge freedom of speech. Congress shall pass no law to abridge freedom of speech. Congress shall pass no law to abridge freedom of speech. What does that mean? The Congress, which is a legislative branch. Again, remember in the United States, we have three branches. The legislative branch, which is a branch of the United States government that passes laws, right? about 450 House of Representatives, 100 senators, 
They get together back and forth. They pass bills which become laws. They're not supposed to pass any laws that abridge freedom of speech. That is pure, pure distilled Americana. You can remove everything away, but if you want to be an American, you will support the First Amendment. Congress will pass no laws to bridge the First Amendment. Judicial, the, the judiciary, the courts, they're supposed to interpret the laws and the executive branch is supposed to enforce the laws. So the founders in their wisdom said Congress shall pass no laws to bridge the First Amendment. Okay, that's what they said. And that is being American. If you are, a, if you claim you're an American, you will want to crucify someone who supported, who did allow, and if they did have Congress pass laws that abridge the First Amendment. You, that is not being an American. It's the end of America. Okay, so let's understand that. On November 16th, 2018, Congress passed a law to destroy the First Amendment and censor every American. On November 16th, 2018, Congress passed a law to destroy the First Amendment, abridge and censor the speech of every American. Write that down. How was that done? It was done by a fucker called Donald J. Trump. Hillary Clinton could never have passed this law. And that's why they selected Trump, because he needed to manipulate the white working class with bullshit slogans, lock her up, he never locked her up, with bullshit slogans, drain the swamp, which he never did, with bullshit slogans, build the wall, which he never did. And all of you Trumpers, and by the way, I was a Trumper. I gave him money. I put up signs. Frank Licata put up signs. I wasn't just a MAGA wear hat, hat wearing freak, okay? In fact, I never wore a MAGA hat, but I did the work. But fucking J Donald J. Trump signed into law the creation of the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. CISA. And this gets even more interesting. Every person in the House of Representatives, it was a unanimous vote, voted for the creation of CISA. And by unanimous consent, it passed the Senate. That's why I say these people hate America. They fucking hate you, they hate this country, and they hate America. And you're going to see how much they hate it. So wake up, everyone. They hate you. They hate this fucking country. I love this country. Everyone on this call who fought there loves this country. Donald fucking Trump doesn't love this country, and surely the Kennedys don't. And you're going to realize how booby fucking Kennedy, the entire shit show, clown show that they did, was to ensure that I wouldn't get in that testimony and expose the whole thing. So that's the point. December 15th, 1791, that is when the First Amendment comes into being, an amazing being, an, an invention, an innovation. God's enlightenment comes into being. Congress shall pass no law to bridge the First Amendment. On November 16th, 2018, that was destroyed. And I would even say Trump is a fucking antichrist. That's how vehement I am about this when I when you really connect the dots. And you'll see probably fucking Kennedy is this false prophet. So let's talk about that. Why am I so vehement about this? Because you're looking at someone who's in the epicenter of the fight. So I'm thrown off Twitter, as I mentioned, on September 25th, 2020, because I put up a set of tweets one tweet saying ballot images were destroyed. And in a news report by people saying I lied, 
I never said ballots, I said ballot images, but that news organization did an amazing, a blessing in disguise. They said the government had contacted Twitter. I tried to find lawyers in Massachusetts. No one wanted to take the government in Massachusetts because all the fucking lawyers here are pussies. They're all pussies, they're connected, they're papa in those the government here and they all are, they're all one big swamp. So I had to represent myself in federal court. Do I have a law degree? No. Did I go to Harvard Law School? No. Have I ever written a brief? No. I had to learn all this. Think about it. And Jennifer Bennett will tell you in March of 2020 what was going, and this is September of 2020, March of 2020, we were running the Fire Fauci campaign by fucking Booby F and Kennedy was promoting lockdowns, strict lockdowns. We were the ones who took a hundred some odd thousand signatures to Trump and we said, do not lock down this country. I came up with the protocol to save millions of people's lives, vitamin D3 quercetin. It was probably in 2020, I may have gotten two hours of sleep, two to three hours per day. It was in the trenches fighting for America, exposing Fauci, exposing the lockdowns, doing educational videos. And on top of that in September, 2020, now we had to take on a lawsuit that no one wanted to do. So I had to study the law. I had to study state action. I had to study the Blum test. All this stuff I didn't know anything about. And I went into federal court and I filed a lawsuit and a preliminary injunction saying that, hey, and by the way, you have to understand in September 25th, 2020, we had moved our entire campaign into a write-in campaign. We weren't giving up. So I was still a bona fide federal candidate off of Twitter. Now, what is Twitter? Twitter is the most important platform for politicians. You can get thrown off Instagram and Facebook. Okay, that's for pictures and kids and whatever. But Twitter is the platform. And I was thrown off the most important platform I used to raise $2 million in the middle of a US Senate federal campaign. So we're off our most important vehicle. We filed a lawsuit. The lawsuit is heard in October of 2020. And in the lawsuit, what do we discover? I am representing myself, a federal judge, and I, we cross-examine the government, the government of Massachusetts. And in those hearings, the judge says, how did you throw Dr. Shiva Ayodure off Twitter? Oh, we have a special portal, a special VIP portal, a tunnel, where we can communicate with Twitter. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, don't you believe in the First Amendment? The partner support portal. I discovered that. Not fucking Joe Rogan, not fucking Tuck Fucker Carlson, not fucking Matt Taibbi, me, little old me. And what we discovered was that the government of the United States coming from CISA, that law that was passed on November 16, 2018, had created the censorship infrastructure to censor every fucking American. Thank you, fucking Donald, fucking make America great. Fuck you, Trump. He did that. Bullshitter. He's an actor. CISA was signed into law by Trump, and it gave the authority to do this. So they had created a backdoor portal, not only into Twitter, Google, and Facebook. I discovered that. And on October 30th, 2020, a federal judge gave me an injunction against the government. We sent all of this to fucker Carlson, to fucking bullshitter Glenn Greenwald and the ACLU. They concealed it. 
They did not talk about this is the most important lawsuit since 1776 or 1791. Why? Is it because my skin color? Is it because I'm a non-Brahmin? Is it because I grew up in Newark? Why? Is it because I'm not an American? Or is it because that I'm independent and that I will expose both of these fuckers left and right? I think that's what it is. They do not want independent voices ever getting any limelight because independent voices will expose their fiat theater. So, but I didn't get put back on Twitter until November 4th after the elections. And by then I'm exposing all sorts of stuff, many of you know in America, from getting paid nothing. I didn't sell pillows like Mike Lindell. We exposed what happened in Arizona, Michigan, et cetera. I'm back on Twitter on November 4th. On February 1st, 2021, about a month and a half later, I once again share those four emails exposing the government. And this time I'm deplatformed for good. We go back into federal court. The judge now forces Twitter to come in. Now it's me against seven lawyers, many of them trained from Harvard and Yale. And in that hearing on May, many people were on here. What do we find? The night of that hearing, this is why I believe there's a great God, I find documents on a server in Harvard and in London, the actual playbooks, actual documents, playbooks, they're called playbooks, that were created by Twitter and Republicans and Democrats. They lay out an actual map, and you can go to winbackfreedom.com, which has been up for nearly three years, and you can see all of this. I discovered the playbooks, which say how you will identify someone who they consider an enemy of them, the government, how you will blacklist them, how you will rate their severity, how you will track them. You see, so the first time I was thrown off in September, I went on a blacklist or brown list and they kept following me. And so when I presented this in court, the judges freaked out. He said, this lawsuit will be taught in every constitutional law class. And fucking Kennedy's people were on that Zoom call listening to it. They knew about my lawsuit. This is in 2021 now. 2020, they knew about it. It was the most important lawsuit of the century. In fact, 400 million people all over the world knew about it because we did a bunch of videos. This lawsuit was concealed by Fucker Carlson, by the Republicans and Democrats. Why? Because we had exposed the most foundational thing, the violating the most foundational principle of this country. Then the judge appointed me a lawyer. He said, you've done an amazing job. I'm going to appoint you a lawyer. And seven weeks later, the final hearing was going to be held. This fucking lawyer, who, by the way, I learned out was Dershowitz's lawyer. So, so I knew the fix was in. He told me, Shiva, you're going to be a hero. Simply get back on Twitter, but drop all your claims against the government. I said, fuck off fired him 72 hours before the lawsuit. And I had to write the remaining 2000 pages of the brief in 72 hours. That's what I did. Where the fuck was Kennedy and Trump? And John Medlar will tell you because he was there thick and thin with me. So in July, I had to write the entire brief. And when we went into that hearing, the judge had flipped on us. He just wanted me to go back on Twitter, be a good nigga, his brown nigga. And I was unwilling to do that because I fucking care for this country. 
And it was like a pit of vipers. They wanted to crucify me, literally. You can talk to people. People were vomiting on the call because it was so abhorrent what they were doing. Because they wanted me to comply and drop all the claims I refused. The judge sealed my lawsuit, forced me to file a lawsuit with one claim. Otherwise, I was going to be thrown in jail. So I did, and I walked away because I wasn't just going to get on Twitter. And for two years, I was banned from Twitter. Why fucking Kennedy got to stay there. Oh, he was thrown off Instagram. Instagram doesn't matter for a politician. Now, fast forward for the two years later, fucker Carlson covers the intercept saying, oh my God, there's this backdoor portal to Twitter. How come I didn't know about this? You did. You fucking concealed it. We have all the emails. Go to winbackfreedom.com. He's a CIA fucking frontman, fucker Carlson intelligence community, acting like a martyr now. Glenn Greenwald covered it up. All your so-called heroes. Trump covered it up. And then to top it all off, and we're gonna go to our speakers, what happens? This month, the fucking Republicans hold the weaponization, the weaponization of government subcommittee. That entire subcommittee's Entire report is stolen from my lawsuit. Let me read the first line of my lawsuit. This case is about the weaponization of a coordinated in infrastructure of governmental and ostensibly private actors to silence the political speech of a U.S. Senate candidate, the plaintiff, Dr. Shiva Adure, Dr. Shiva, criticizing a government actor under both the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, Article 16 of the Massachusetts Declaration of Rights, a political candidates criticism of government actors by a political candidate for office is species of speech that resides at the very heart of free speech protections. There you go. Weaponization. So you have Jim Jordan, who's a fucking bullshitter and the Republicans, Thomas Massey, another fucking bullshitter, Rand Paul, all these people acting like they're libertarians, create a subcommittee to apparently go after the Democrats. You see left versus right. And in this subcommittee, they call it the Weaponization of Government Committee. Go read it. It's all lifted from my lawsuit. But you know who's missing? Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Another bunch of brown guys, you know, from Stanford, this guy called, uh, I forget his name, Cariotti and this other guy, they do uh, uh, Wisconsin, oh, sorry, uh, uh, the Biden lawsuit. They completely don't refer to our lawsuit two years later. They want to hide me and our movement and what we did because we're not tied to the Democrats or Republicans. Now, why do I say Congress hates you? Well, they call fucking Kennedy in who steals everything I've done and they make him act as though he's some fake hero <laughs> fighting with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Thomas Massey and the Republicans egging him on as because they need him to bring some Democrat voters to the Republicans but it's all fucking theater. It's a fucking clown show. You know why it's a clown show? Because I'm being blocked from testifying. Because if I testify, I will expose the fact that Democrats and Republicans created CISA. Trump signed it into law. And all these MAGA cult fucking idiots will say, oh, Trump, Trump is so great. Trump, Trump, Trump. Well, make America great, USA. Well, stop the cult, okay? Trump fucking signed it into law. And every Republican Democrat, it was a unanimous vote on November 2016. 
They passed a law to bridge the First Amendment. Wake the fuck up. They hate you. I love you. I love this country. That is why they do not want me with all the credentials, with all the hard work. Why? Am I a fucking slave still? Am I a lower caste fucking beggar in this country still? I did the fucking work. Yes, I want the fucking credit. Credit does matter. Why does it matter? Because it, sh it should go to people who did the work. Not a guy who fucking bangs 38 women, fucking his wife gets killed, gets hanged, prays over her coffin, digs up her coffin and buries her off. I'm talking about booby fucking Kennedy or another guy who fucking goes bangs prostitutes, pays them off and has golden plated toilets, Trump. And if you're a fucking Christian and you support these guys, you are not a fucking Christian. You're a bullshitter. These people hate you. They hate this fucking country. The fact with 300,000 followers that we are so squeezed on Twitter speaks to fucking Elon fucking Musk, another fucking moron, another actor, Joe Rogan, actor, Kennedy, actor, actor against you. They hate you. They fucking hate you. Not sure about Trump? Well, get fucking sure. He signed SISA into law. If Hillary Clinton was there, they would never have done it. They needed Trump to rile up the American white working class behind a fucking fool. And look, I did a lot of work for him. He made a half a billion dollars off my work. So stop fucking sucking off Trump or Kennedy. Okay. Wake the fuck up. Let me go to John Medlar. Go ahead, John. John, why don't you share with us what you saw in 2020, John? You can get as passionate as you want, John. Go ahead. Basically, like by, uh, let's see, where do I begin? Well, after the after the campaign shenanigans, where it was obvious that they had screwed us, we immediately started doing the digging. And by the way, this was before any shenanigans with Trump and Biden. This had happened in the primary. Um, uh, but when you have one campaign that's you know on the ground as much as we were and working as hard as we were and our, and was visibly everywhere. And another campaign that's not even trying, that was our primary opponents, the establishment guys. Uh, it was obvious that it, it, it was it, it was obvious that it had been rigged. They so so they and so immediately we got to work pulling up the evidence. And when we exposed the evidence, you know, Dr. Shiva told you what happened. They banned us off Twitter, and then screwed themselves in a way with the fact by the fact that they admitted what went and bragged about it to that quote-unquote fact-checking organization bragged about it openly and then when we got them into court um uh the the, the state employees that we were that we had were cross-examining also were you know basically admitting, yeah yeah we just do this we just called up twitter and told them to ban it. they just did it they were acting like it was completely normal and john so, john maybe you should tell people the amount of work that went into writing those lawsuits and how many people helped us john who helped us john yeah, was, yeah just getting to that so basically during that period um dr shiva was like i i i spent a lot of time at the office i worked with dr shiva very closely and during that period um dr shiva basically shut himself in his house for days and days and days writing these briefs doing all the research and everything no, he wouldn't take any calls wouldn't take any visitors. I was only called in occasionally to 
deliver documents to him because he doesn't have a because he didn't have a printer at the house so he would send me stuff to print at the office and then bring it to him and then he would review stuff sign it and i would also ferry stuff uh to the courthouse so for that lawsuit so i was basically you know delivering documents back and forth uh for the lawsuit and so i was probably closer to dr shiva during that period than anybody because he wouldn't let anybody else see him um, uh, and I only got to see him during that those those periods where I needed to design doc uh, not design um, bring in documents and so and I was also uh, there during the court hearings. Uh, he would have me come by and um, uh, basically help him set up the Zoom and everything. Yeah, and I think so, John, we had close to a thousand people. This was during COVID on the court hearings. Many, many 2000, people. I'm pretty sure yeah, at one point it was two thousand people. Yeah. Yep. So we had so we had thousands of of people listening in. This was during the COVID pandemic, so they, so you, so we weren't physically in the courtroom. They were doing everything by Zoom, and um, uh, that they, the, the public was allowed to sort of quote unquote in the courtroom, meaning in the Zoom call to see, and they had we had literally thousands of people watching in. So despite the, uh, uh, despite people like Tucker Carlson refusing to cover it, we got the word out word out ourselves with our videos and everything, and through uh, social media and through people just spreading the word and. Uh, and we put up everything and we were as the lawsuit was going, we were putting up everything on winbackfreedom.com. And but it was just a, a Herculean effort um, I, by Dr. Shiva in particular spearheading this whole thing. And um, uh, and like, like I said, during that period, that was literally all he was doing, like dawn to dusk. And um, so so. So, yeah, basically, basically the when when he says credit should go to the people who do the work. That's that. It's because he literally did the work, and nobody else was. And and he works harder than anybody else. And I've seen it perf personally many times over. But during that period, is a, was a particularly intense example. And John, I just put up on. So to er anyone listening on Twitter you, on our feed, you can see winbackfreedom.com, and we documented every part of this lawsuit, and the fact that it is intentionally being concealed is why I'm telling you they hate America. Fucker Carlson loved this country. He would have covered our lawsuit, not concealed it for two years. And the fact that they don't even cite it, they're having a committee hearing right now on the weaponization of government, which is, which is plagiarized from our lawsuit. They don't wanna really solve this problem. They wanna make it, and Jim Jordan put out a tweet saying, the Democrats hate the first amendment. Republicans love free speech. You see the bullshit dialectics they create? It's a fake dialectic. Let me go over to Jennifer Bennett. Jennifer um, was in the heat uh, with me in 2019 when she and I uh, connected to talk about uh, wh where we really realized this bullshitter, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. After, Jen, you may want to talk about New Jersey and how we started exposing him. And Jen and I had a big meeting for two hours one night saying, fuck, this guy's a bullshitter. And we said, we have to expose him. Go ahead, Jen, if you can talk about that journey and our exposing him and how, how Kennedy tried to smear us after that. Yeah, so that was very eye-opening because, you know, prior to all of this, as a mom researching medical freedom. Give the timeline too, Jen, so people understand 2019 and where we were, so people understand the context. Thank you. Um, all right, so in 2019 uh, is when I met Dr. Shiva because he was doing a lot on uh, vaccine safety research, and he was actually the first one to host a conference, which was a huge, huge hit. 
people flew all over the country to come to this event. And immediately for me, it was a red flag because I found it really bizarre that, you know, some of the top people, right, that were allegedly leading this movement, Children's Health Defense, Kennedy, um, Highwire, um, didn't come to the event. But we noticed quickly that they sent some spies to the event. <laughs> and so... Yeah, Aaron Siri, um, Trump's uh, Kennedy's attorney. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and there was... I think there was a big tree, like, spy there, too, as well. Yep. Anyways, so... Uh, that was very telling. And then, you know, the New Jersey event was the first event where all of these people, right, you, Big Tree, Kennedy together, and it was just so clear that they did not want you there. And I remember, you know, they were, you would think that they would have been prepared for this huge event. They didn't even like show up with microphones. <laughs> and so they were borrowing your microphones. No, no, we, we drove went- down with our entire sound set and we're the ones who got those 5,000 women to do those protests to be specific. Right. But we right. drove right. that 250 miles, our, our entire sound system. Right. And so, and like, even I, um, the, the Vi event around that same time frame, um, you, they essentially were forced to let you in to speak at the event because the people wanted you there. Cause they're like, why wouldn't you let Dr. Shiva go? Like, you know, he knows everything in you know, regards to, um, the truth behind this. And so they were forced to let you in and it was just, uh, you could feel the tension. You could feel the concern of like, shit, what is, what is he, he's going to throw a wrench in, you know, our story. And, um, and that's when there was also like the Vax movie was going around and, you know, we were just censored left and right. And they, there was just so much chaos and frustration, honestly, around that whole process, um, in Massachusetts in particular of, uh, you know, the corruption at this like much bigger level. So for me, it was just very disappointing as a mother to, you know, just realize firsthand that I essentially was um, misled and blinded by all these people that I thought were on my side. Um, So I was just very grateful to, you know, find this community and, you know, other parents within, you know, this realm that truly understood, um, you know, the truth behind this and were really fighting for the people, you know, to protect children as well. Jen, do you want to talk about, you know, when we started connecting the dots with Kennedy and then when I did that, remember that one night I did a video with all of us exposing all the contradictions with Kennedy, you know, at least those eight contradictions that I tweeted out and then how Kennedy reacted. Yeah. The the biggest one for me is that, you know, I actually always thought that, you know, he wasn't, you know, the fact that he was just emphatically for vaccinations. (laughs) Um, and I was like, how can he be head of this, you know, organization and, you know, doing all this stuff, like in the face of, you know, all these injured children, yet really, you know, is doing the opposite. You know, the fact that he endorses people like Hillary Clinton, who wants to do the exact opposite, right, of force vaccinating our children, taking away our medical freedom. Um, you really, You really can't have both. You know, you can't say one thing and then do another, but that's essentially what these people do, right? Politicians do, lawyers do. And um, I just, you know, it's so, so frustrating just, you know, being in this country really and just realizing the truth um, when it comes to just our real freedom and that the people in the government really don't have our backs. Um, When it comes to this, like they're all buddies and they just care about, you know, their bottom line, they care about money for their families, but they're really not there to protect us and our children. Yeah, I think, Jen, one of the important things is if you remember at that time, we made that decision to expose Kennedy and we did, a, I think, about an hour and a half stream. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and at that point, all these mothers loved me, right? Because I'm exposing all this stuff. But we realized that they were being misled by Kennedy. Number one, as Jen said, Kennedy had endorsed Hillary Clinton, not once, not twice, but three times. She's like Miss Vaccine Queen, pro-GMO, pro-Monsanto. So that's the first thing. And no one said, what do you mean he endorsed Hillary Clinton? No one had ever heard of that. Remember that, Jen? It was like news to people. It's like that was completely covered. Then we exposed the fact here in Massachusetts in 2020, he came and he endorsed his own nephew and raised money for him with Hollywood people when he knew his nephew was a rabid pro-vaccine mandating guy. Quite incredible. Then we found out the fact that Jake Crosby, one of the people who had been working in his organization, came out, essentially whistle blew, and he shared us a video where Kennedy's saying, I am pro-vaccine, I'm emphatically pro-vaccine, I vaccinated all my kids with all 69 vaccines. And then he went on to reveal the fact, then he went on to double talk and say, oh, you know, the CDC is very corrupt which is what his uncle created and his other uncle perpetuated and that he was now going to create safe vaccines. So he always has this double talk. So when we expose this, we lost about 20% of these followers, these women who thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. But we took the hit because we told the truth. Jen, um, and I think you remember when we exposed him, he did a smear blog saying you and I, that my company Cytosol is a vaccine maker, that I work with Bill Gates, that I work with the Clintons. He wrote a blog post and I sued him. He attacked me and Jen. Smear, this is classic Kennedy. I took him to federal court, sued him for about 90 plus million dollars. He kept running away, evading service. Then defaulted on the lawsuit and we have to bring it back up because our own lawyer, who was a Kennedy lover, didn't file the default pro properly. We actually won it. That's how the Kennedys work. Jen, is there anything else you want to share at that time? Um, I mean, the, the part that the trends that I've also noticed too, right. Is anyone that ends up underneath like his arm and wings, they just, they, he, they get lifted up to a point and then they just like get wiped out. Co-opted you know? and like, wiped out. Yeah. And like mothers that, you know, have huge followings, like do, did so much for the movement and just protecting children. Same thing. They just end up liquidating all of their stuff after a couple of years. And that, that article in particular uh, where he, you know, was bashing me, I looked that mother up a couple of years later and sure enough, what did she do? She liquidated everything that she had created and she had hundreds of thousands of followers around the world. Um, so, so I thought it was fascinating. So, so Jen, I think the key thing is Kennedy is running this medical freedom group called Children's Health Defense Fund. They swoop in, look for grassroots organized, very, very evil. They look for people bottoms up, co-op them, and then get rid of them. They just disappear. Yeah, and I mean his whole that whole organization. Now, if you've followed that for the last like you know five years that I've been following it, that's all broken up on purpose. You know, they're just all these sub chapters. Um, so like there really is no strong movement anymore when it comes to medical freedom. There, everyone's quote unquote kicked off social platforms. But I think that was was part of the play uh, because the movement was getting too big, and you had you know, certain people and mothers in particular that were getting, you know, too powerful in their eyes. Great, Jen. Let's go over to uh, Kristen Falvey. Kristen, go ahead. Uh, Kristen, give a little bit of background of, Kristen, if you give a little bit of background of you um, in the middle of the lawsuit, what we discovered, and then what you've seen unravel, particularly with the Kennedy hearings recently. Go ahead. Sure. So 
this is this lawsuit when John was talking earlier um, about how he was, you know, ferrying the documents and how Dr. Shiva, you know, essentially was like locked inside working in 2020. Yeah. In 2020 during the lawsuit. Um, during that time as well, that was, you know, part, part I was part working on my own side, like doing some work, um, putting together some of the research. And so I saw with my own eyes, um, the long fuse report, I saw with my own eyes, uh, you know, Dr. Shiva's press releases and then pushed them out to my own friends and my own network. And I saw, you know, 400 to a thousand people showing up at these hearings, um, when Dr. Shiva was going into court. Again, this was during 2020, 2021, during COVID when um, everything was still pretty much locked down. So these court hearings were, were virtual. Uh, so in a way that was good because a lot more people were tuning in uh, and heard what was going on. And so we can fast forward now during that process, Dr. Shiva wrote emails um, to Tucker Carlson and to Grant Glenn Greenwald um, probably others, but those two come to mind, uh, you know, because we're all seeing this. It wasn't just, yes, Dr. Shiva did all of the work, but there were many of us regular people like myself that were witnessing this and couldn't believe what we were seeing. And so we wanted that that information to get out to the mass public beyond what we could do ourselves. You know, we thought, okay, Tucker Carlson or Glenn Greenwald, you know, these guys are supposed to be about, about the truth. They should be talking about this. This is important information for everyone to know. Um, but they did nothing, and we can go over it if you'd like. We have this all documented at winbackfreedom.com. The emails are up there. Yeah, what I'm doing uh, uh, to everyone, if you want, if you were on Twitter or Facebook, if you want to see it, I'm actually sharing right now the email that we sent to Tucker Carlson on October 20th, 2020, saying, "Hey, Tucker, we have this lawsuit." where we've exposed the backdoor portal. That was on October 20th, October 30th. We sent him the press release. We just said, we just want a landmark victory for free speech about the fact that there is this backdoor portal. We discovered this. That's in October 30th of 2020. And, and I'm, uh, let me share it. Um, so those of you who are on, on, um, on, on social media, if you're doing this, you can actually see this. Let me bring it up right here. Yeah. So, I, so, so, Kristen, what I'm sharing is the actual letter, email, because I've spoken to Tucker before, okay? The email of October 20th, telling about the lawsuit, the email of October 30th, 2020, saying when we win the law, lawsuit about the weaponization of government, this is in October 30th of 2020. And then on May 14th, another thing uh, release we sent him showing how government makes Twitter silent speech. Again, this is now in 2021, nothing from Tucker Carlson. And then as I'm scrolling through, if you guys want to see this, two years later on November 4th, 2022, is more than two years later, okay? Three years later almost. He has Lee Fang from The Intercept, which is another bogus organization. And he, Lee Fang, again, steals our lawsuit, presents a piece of it. And Tucker, you know, as he does, as though he's very surprised, he goes, this really seems like an important story, which is for some reason being ignored. Let me repeat that again. Tucker Carlson, who got all this two and a half years before, is now being told by Lee Fang of Intercept, oh my God, there's this backdoor portal. And Tucker says, this seems like a really important story, which for some reason is being ignored. Yeah, by who? By you. You purposely ignored it because you didn't want to A, give us the megaphone, B, you were jealous, See, you're a fucker. You work for the government. 
or all three, probably all three. Sorry, Kristen, I, I have that up here so everyone can see it, okay? Yep. And then we have the, you know, then we have Glenn Greenwald. I sent an email to him, supposed Mr. Fighter for Free Speech. Nothing from Glenn Greenwald, two emails, nothing in 2021 because he wants to be what? The 800 pound gorilla, only he can talk about free speech. Same thing to Alex Berenson, we sent him, nothing. Go ahead, Kristen. Thanks. Um, yeah, I have this up in front of me as well, uh, just on my computer. And I think if, if I want to just give a thesis of what my point is here, is that what people need to understand, anyone listening who's maybe hearing this for the first time or has kind of heard it tangentially, what people need to fully understand and appreciate is that by intentionally concealing Dr. Shiva's lawsuit, this whole story, the intentional concealing of this, it's not just about the credit, giving credit where credit is due. That is huge. But what you all need to understand fully is how now, now the fact that they're bringing in this booby effing Kennedy as a fighter for free speech, how they're, they're basically spitting in the faces of all of you. It's not just Dr. Shiva or just his supporters. Like they're literally spitting in your faces right now. And this is why, because this information that came about from Dr. Shiva in this lawsuit that again is fully documented with receipts at winbackfreedom.com and has been fully documented and up there for over two years for all to see is showing that the people, the very people like the Tucker Carlson's and now you have this quote unquote Republican Congress that's having hearings on the weaponization of government Yes, they're, they're totally plagiarizing from Dr. Shiva, but what's even more insidious is that these are the pe very people that knew all of this information in 2020, and even worse than that, they were the ones, the Congress, who signed the law that Trump put into place, which was the CISA law, which was what it allowed this infrastructure of censorship laundering to even exist. So the very people, number one, it was Trump who put that law into place. And number two, the Congress signed that law. They knew about this. Well, they even knew about it before we did because they put it into law. So now they're going to come out in 2020 or now, now 2023 and elevate this booby guy. They're all playing a circus on you. They're literally like, it's insulting. So I think for me, why I'm going off right now, it's like, the people who are defending Bobby Effing Kennedy or Tucker or, you know, saying the Republicans care about free speech, you're being bamboozled. You're literally being fooled. They don't care about you. They never have. And right now what they're doing is running a complete theater for, for eyeballs, for votes, and in part to intentionally, to continue to intentionally conceal this information, this lawsuit, everything that Dr. Chiva has been doing from day one uh, that all of us have been here to witness firsthand. Um, I can talk more about the Tucker Carlson stuff if you want, Dr. Shiva. Well, I think, I, think, I think the key thing is, Kristen, look, let's just go back to fundamentals, just to summarize this. And, and we want to, I want to go over to Chris Bradley. Kristen, but I think you articulate as well. Number one, Congress shall pass no law to bridge the First Amendment. That is America, period. Okay, if there's one sentence that captures America, 
It is from December 15, 1791. Congress shall pass no law to breach the First Amendment. November 16th, 2018, Congress passed a law to destroy the First Amendment. Signed into law by fucking Trump. That's what you should call him. And unanimously voted, unanimous, every fucking congressperson voted yay. And by unanimous consent by the Senate, unbelievable, because they're all bought and paid for. Think about that. And who exposes a freaking guy who's not a lawyer, but is a fucking fighter and a movement on October 30th, 2020? And who did they sign? I mean, what's extraordinary about this, this is actually, what's this is about the censorship of an individual who exposed the censorship infrastructure that was created by a law to create that censorship infrastructure. And on top of it, to rub, as Kirsten said, literally take shit and rub it in your fucking face, they have a fucking doofus scumbag booby kennedy who gets to steal all of our material and is stealing my material and it does make a difference because if you did the fucking work you deserve the fucking credit and that's what owen benjamin said this morning and i didn't even ask him to do that video to steal your shit and to put forward a fucking kennedy again when i'm bottoms up when our movements bottoms up as your hero that is putting shit right into your face chris go ahead bradley yeah, I, I, and to have a Republican Congress uh, get up there and fucking bend over and grab their fucking ankles and let this fucking asshole act like he's fighting for free speech when it was a unanimous fucking House vote to pass the very censorship infrastructure. It's unfucking believable, and everyone in the American public should be outraged. You are getting fucked by the Democrats and the Republicans. Full stop. That's, That's right. It. That's right, Chris. You nailed it. And and I think you better use the word fuck as many times as you can when it comes to these fuckers. And if you don't, you're fucking something's wrong because they fucking hate you. They hate America. That's a bottom line. These people hate this country. They want the First Amendment rights for them, but not for you. And you really have to get this. They hate you. Trump fucking hates you. The Kennedys hate you. They fucking hate you. And now, Chris, to your point, think about what they're doing. Zuck versus Musk. Well, Republicans are supporting Twitter. Democrats are supporting Facebook as though this is some dialectic. They're both fucking you. This is straight out of fucking idiocracy. Wake the fuck up, people. These people are actors. They're fucking you over. They're in bed with corporations. They don't give a fuck about you. They, they shit on fucking gold toilets. They fucking have trust funds. They don't fucking work for a living. They don't give a fuck about you, and they never will. Congress shall pass no law to bridge the first freedom of speech. Trump, the fucking Antichrist, is the one who signed that law. And remember, all this is, if you take a graph, put left on the left side, right on the right side, and then on the y-axis put obvious establishment and not so obvious establishment. Trump is the not so obvious establishment on the right and Kennedy's on the left. And, and so if you want to, so they have two honeypots that fuck, suck you in that way. And then they have the obvious establishment, which is probably going to be DeSantis and Newsom. So 
whoever is a beauty pageant wins. They're going to suck you back in. But all these people hate America because if they loved America, that lawsuit would have been on the front page of the New York Times, front page of Daily Mail, front page of New York Post. They fucking hate you. Get it through your fucking skulls. They hate America. Blake Crosby says the rich laugh at the working fools. Absolutely true. In fact, they call you star fuckers, as I've said. Let's go over to Heather Burden. Go ahead, Heather. Heather was in the middle of this in our lawsuit when we were doing all the groundwork to expose the election fraud. In over 3,000 counties, we did groundwork. Heather, are you there? Dr. Shiva, I'm not hearing you out of my phone. So We can hear you. Heather, you have to silence the background noise. I'm here, but I don't think you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was there, and to work with this incredible team. Okay, I, I, my, my phone isn't working. No, it's working. I'll come back in, Doctor Shiva. Please go to another person. Okay. I'm sorry. Yep. All right. So let me, uh, uh, let me go to uh, Suresh. Suresh, go ahead. Suresh, are you there? I thought you raised your hand. I just invited him to speak, Dr. Okay. Shiva. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Suresh. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Shiva, for giving me the opportunity uh, to speak. Uh, I met Dr. Shiva. I came across him uh, in 2020 uh, when the lockdown was going on, and I was so shocked that uh, everybody was so submissive and nobody objected. And only person who was fighting and organizing in 2020, educating millions, probably reached billions of people across the planet about supplements, vitamins, uh, community, uh, eating healthy food, spices, fruits, vegetables. Uh, only person who was doing that was Dr. Shiva. And then he got signatures to fire this moron who was uh, saying, oh, one size fits all total idiot Fauci. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's crazy people followed him and then uh you got signatures uh and then you hand delivered the protocol immune boosting protocol you said okay it's, it's about boosting immunity it's not about one size fits all uh stupid uh whatever so uh it made a lot of sense then i started following you and uh uh what uh, you are saying is uh, that everybody here has to be a system scientist or else people like uh, the idiot Fauci are just going to bamboozle you along with all this uh, uh, big pharma or uh, whatever spokespeople they have. Um, so that resonated with me and I've been uh, following you. And now I see all these people coming after everything as uh, uh, the, the building is burned down. Now these firefighters come and say with their fake abs and fake firefighting costumes, like here we are. Uh, and then people are like going and uh, celebrating them. Oh, he, he's here to save us. Uh, we'll give them money like this idiot Kennedy and Trump. Trump basically has golden fixtures in his home. And people think a billionaire is going to come and solve take their trash out for them while they are degenerating, turning into 
like you said, start fuckers. And uh, the, how how are things gonna solve if you look up to these people? Uh, so that's what I've learned from you, and that's what I'm doing here uh, in Buffalo. Uh, I'm going out and telling people that uh, it's up to us. Uh, everybody here, we have to sweep the floor under our feet for the world to become clean. It's not gonna happen by some freaking uh, uh, Kennedy guy or or Trump flying in planes or this freaking Congress theatric theater that these people uh, throw at us and people are watching these idiots as if they are going to solve problem. So I have been working, uh, uh, building, growing this movement. Uh, I have not watched all this stupid theater that these people are uh, showing. Uh, I'm, I'm not watching all these uh, stupid Hollywood stuff. I'm working, I'm focusing on building this movement. Uh, so that's the only way problems are going to get solved. And people watching on the sidelines and cheering, oh, be great, great going, Dr. Shiva, keep doing great work. Uh, I tell to those people, enough cheerleading, stop watching from sidelines, enough hiding under the desk and being afraid. Weakness will lead you to slavery. Stop being weak. Stop being selfish. It's time to uh, grow a backbone, understand wh what your real uh, goal is, what your real potential is, who you really are. Uh, and time to take the right action. Uh, nobody's coming to save us. Suresh, what? The person you look in the mirror is the person who's going to save you. So Suresh, you I think um, one of the things is, to your point, to let everyone know, you know, what Suresh is pointing to the solution. So the bashing and, ex look, we know the Democrats and we know the Bushes and the, uh, you know, the Clintons and the Obamas. I mean, that's the obvious establishment. But where we are right now in human history is to understand the not so obvious establishment. What I'm sharing right now to everyone on social media is that infrastructure that Chris, um, that Chris Bradley said that and, and, um, and Kristen referred to that we discovered, okay? In fact, uh, when the long fuse report came out, which I have it in my hand, a 300 page report, that report essentially showed, um, validated that I was one of the top six super spreaders on the internet. Okay, that they were tracking me, blacklisting me, brownlisting me. Okay, and out of that, and using all the data we had, uh, I'm sharing with everyone the censorship infrastructure that we discovered and published in the lawsuit in 2020, 2021, long before the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi, all this bullshit. And you, if you go on social media right now, you'll see this. This is on winbackfreedom.com. It's a network diagram of the censorship network. It begins with layers. On the far right is Sisa, the executive committee. The woman in Massachusetts who contacted Twitter to throw me off, Michelle Tassinari, was not just some random lawyer sitting in the Secretary of State's office. She shows up everywhere. She's on the executive committee of Sisa. okay? She's over here at the MIT election integrity system. She's over at the Bipartisan Policy Center. She's over at the Belfer Institute. She's over... Um, uh, at the, uh, sorry, I can't read this, but she's over at another, she's everywhere. And you can see that this network diagram represents Republicans and Democrats, all funded by the Zuckerbergs, funded by the Murdochs, funded by Pierre Omidyar on the left. And they funded this entire set of elites to create the censorship network. And that censorship network was a government, if they wanted to take out 
an opposition candidate like me, they would report me to this nonprofit agency called the Center for Internet Security, funded by Pierre Omidyar, who bought PayPal from Elon Musk. And that infrastructure would then use ISAC, the election infrastructure ISAC, to throw people like me off for simply telling the truth or opposing government. And you can see this and, and included the press, AP, the Brennan Center, they're all involved. All of this was done in 2020, 2021. People have plagiarized this, even as an academic, you're supposed to do the basic ethics call citation. Fucking Kennedy's on the floor of the Senate or the Congress, parroting my shit without not one word. But this is a censorship network that we exposed in 2020, 2021. It's right there. Go to winbackfreedom.com. Okay, here's another fucking idiot. Sorry, Kathy, this is what you are. I don't think Tucker had a lot of choices after he was fired. Would rather have a conservative voice. You're fucking an idiot. Tucker Carlson was fired because internally he was texting people saying there is no election fraud. This is all bullshit. And then when he saw the, the MAGA people saying there is election fraud, then he went on Fox News and he started beating the drums of election fraud. But he didn't believe it internally to get views. And then he rightfully got fired because in defamation law, there's if you're a public company like Dominion and you're suing Fox for defamation, you have to not only prove that something wrong was sa said, right, which is libel or slandered or written, but you have to prove it was through malice. You have a higher standard for a public figure. What Tucker did was malicious. He was internally sending text messages saying, there's no election fraud, this whole, ha, ha, this whole thing's bullshit. And externally, he was saying, oh yeah, there's election fraud and Dominion was part of it. That's why he was fired. And then everyone thinks, oh, poor Tucker. Fuck poor Tucker, 20, 30 million dollars a year. And then he goes to MAGA and hangs out with Alex Jones and says, ooh, you know, they're martyring me. No, you fucking fucked over your company because you were internally lying. You, Fox would have owed $1.5 billion, treble damages, likely $5 billion to Dominion had it gone all the way through. So they decided to get away with paying them $750 million because of fucker. Fucker is not your friend. Fucker concealed the most important lawsuit. Now he's acting like he's exposing stuff. Any fool can expose the truth. Delayed truth is deadly. I can expose all sorts of stuff. I can see a rape taking place and I wait two years to write a book about it. That doesn't make me a hero. So for God's sake, Kathy Scott Schneider, get your head out of your ass. I don't think Tucker had a lot of choices. A lot of choices. He's making 20 fucking million dollars a year. Suresh, are you making 20 fucking million dollars a year? No. Chris, are you making fucking 20 million dollars a year? No. Okay. And we still do the work. So why, this is a mentality of a fucking slave. You're kissing ass and you wanna suck off a guy who's making 20 million and fucking bullshitted you. That's called a slave. Let's go over to Frank Licata. Go ahead, Frank. Yes, hello. Uh, Frank, sorry. tell your whole story, take your time, talk about how you work for this guy, what you discovered, now to all the Trumpers, you're going to hear from a real Trumper who busted his ass for Trump. Go ahead, Frank. You got the floor. Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, Dr. Shiva plays my video a little bit sometimes. And um, 
basically in 2015, um, I stumbled across Trump at the Escalator ride, and uh, I did a year and a half with him, uh, all the way up to the inauguration uh, in 2017. Uh, it, it, at the time, he really did seem like the outside agent of change. It, was, it felt like a movement. There was a lot of people there. Uh, I was very busy building stages, setting up sound systems, uh, and doing multiple roles within the campaign. But then on my own, I led a grassroots movement doing uh, all the signs you see me doing, uh, the big four by eights. It was thousands of them. We traveled tens of thousands of miles all around the Northeast doing them, uh, myself and other, other fellows, uh, other, other uh, contracted type people. Um, so it was, at the time, it seemed really exciting. Um, shortly after the inauguration, I met Dr. Sheba when he said he was uh, running for U.S. Senate against Elizabeth Warren. I thought that was very exciting. Trump always talked about her as Pocahontas. I thought it was great. But um, one thing I did notice is... Um, one thing that just popped up in my mind is how we went to go visit the main GOP and Donald Trump Jr. was there. Uh, he greeted Dr. Shiva. He took his card and he sort of laughed at him. He said, you know, oh, we got real Indian versus fake Indian. Huh? How you got a good sense of humor? And I remember that that striking me saying, well, why don't you fucking help us? I mean, your father, you know, calls, calls her Pocahontas like he wants her gone. Uh, he has a guy that can take her out. And, uh, you just think it's a joke, <laughs> you know. That, I remember. I remember that, that. That really stuck with me. And then other things sort of did stick with me too. Uh, the um, the DNA challenge. Uh, Dr. Shiva actually put his money where his mouth is uh, and, and challenge. And then then Trump, of course, had to copy it. Him and his son uh, copied copied that challenge. Uh, monetary challenges and um, just things like that. We were always on the cutting edge, you know. So it was a it was a it was an amazing campaign. It was only a few small people. I wasn't so much involved in this is next one in 2020, but I did follow it uh, with the lawsuits there. I watched online and I, I found it uh, fascinating, and I, I just I can't believe it. It's just like it's it's surreal, almost like is this really happening in my country? Um, well, anyway, I, I brought the same passion to Toshiba's first campaigns. I brought to Trump's campaign, uh, uh, and, but uh, I eventually realized that Trump was not the outside agent of change, and I didn't even know about this concept of. Uh, not so obvious establishment. That's one of the things I learned from, from Dr. Shiva's course. And then came the pandemic, and everybody's freaking out about that, like the sky's falling. And he taught me about vitamins, my immune system, and uh, I didn't do any vaccinations. I did. I took the vitamins religiously, exactly how he said it. Every single morning, I got my vitamins, and I, I got through that. No problem. I didn't get sick. Uh, my family didn't get sick. We, we, we made it through. Uh, I did witness people die from taking the vaccination, so I'm, I'm really kind of glad that I didn't do that because it could have been me. Uh, so, uh, you know, very grateful for the education, really, that we're getting here. It's more than just a, a political. It's a, it's a, just a big education package in a nutshell. So and, um, so when I was feeling down and out thinking, okay, well, he's, you know, we, we lost two campaigns, and, um, you know, he's going into another one, and, like, what you know, what are we going to I was thinking to myself, what is the definition of victory? And he described it to me as, uh, well, what is that definition of victory? Well, so uh, in 2018, we, we weren't victorious as far as making him a U.S. senator. However, we were victorious as exposing Elizabeth Warren's hypocrisy, her lying about her heritage. And then in 2020, well, he wasn't, he wasn't victorious at unseating Ed Markey. But even bigger than that is he was victorious about... Um, exposing the election fraud in the primary, which I would say is, was the microcosm for the election fraud in the general. So it was, it was like a prediction. Like, it just like this foretold what, something much bigger that was going to come for the whole nation, uh, you know, shortly after. So likewise, with his run for U.S. president, 
there'll be other things that are going to be exposed. I just know it. So for that reason, I'm excited. Um, I can't wait to. Yeah, see I think Frank. I think one of the. I think. I think it's a very important point. Look, when we ran in 2020 and 19, you know, uh, just to summarize, Frank, because I think you went through a lot of stuff, but just to tease out some of the key points in 2018 when we ran. Remember, Frank, we wanted to run as Republicans, and the Republican yeah, Party. Started, yeah, you started out as absolutely. Yes, and and and. His own party rejected him, like vehemently. Right. I mean, I was, I was heckled. I was, in, I was involved in the mass GOP. They literally just like threw me out of there for for supporting Shiva, basically. <laughs> yeah. Know? So this is a GOP um, did not want a real bottoms up person because they knew that we could not be controlled. And our campaign in 2018 was only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. We sent Elizabeth Warren a DNA test kit. I offered even my building. I said, I'll give you my $10 million building if you take the deal. We put up 4,000 signs, fake Indian, real Indian. She took that DNA test because of us. And then Trump tried to hijack credit for it. That's what happened. In 2020, when we ran, the big victories we got was we're the ones who exposed Fauci. We saved millions of people's lives with our protocol. And I'll have Jen talk about that. Uh, Jen will talk about it in March. Jen, Jen, if you remember, let me bring Jen in. Jen, can you remember March of 23rd, uh, 2020, Jen, we wrote that letter to Trump. Um, I, I sent that letter to him to not do the lockdowns, to fire Fauci. In fact, Marla Maples, uh, Trump's ex-wife contacted me and we did a podcast. She said, oh, me and Tiffany love you, Dr. Shiva. And she delivered that handwritten letter to Trump saying, don't lock down the fucking country. Meanwhile, booby fucking Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. And the tweet he's since deleted. Scumbag, it's like Stalinism, right? You delete your old tweets so you cover your tracks. Booby fucking Kennedy. Please everyone say that together. Booby fucking Kennedy. That's what you should call him. Booby effing Kennedy. He, he was promoting strict lockdowns. And it's the lockdowns that lost America $16 trillion. 600 billionaires made $2.3 trillion. They hate you. They hate this fucking country. Booby Kennedy hates you. He hates America. Trump hates this country. He hates America. Make America great means make him great. That's what it means. It doesn't mean make America great. Jen, do you remember when we did that uh, letter? I don't know if you remember, Jen. I do. And essentially your letter went viral, right? And so many people were asking for the protocol because Fauci and the government wasn't giving good information, right, to the general public of how to actually protect themselves. Um, and so... From that going viral, they have potentially were forced to, you know, acknowledge that your protocol, right, and some of the, you know, particular things like basic stuff like vitamin D actually does save lives. And we didn't package any of it, Jen, and sell it. Zelenko no, took our entire protocol. No and, you get zero money from it. Yeah, and Mercola and all these guys started selling it. I must have helped generate other people a billion dollars. Let me just ask, and anyone can answer this, someone, I guess, after an hour and a half, um, either is very thick or stupid, all of the above, or is a troll, is asking, why do they hate America? Someone want to explain? Maybe, Chris, you want to explain why they hate America? Why these people hate America to this woman, Chris? Go ahead. They hate America because if they really gave a shit, they would give the credit where credit's due and have Dr. Shiva speak in front of Congress. And he would lay bare this whole entire uh, system for, on his face, that it's totally corrupt from the top down. And so it, it's so insidious of them to have 
someone like Robert F. and Kennedy come in there and now they're, you know, you know, and you see him all over social media, like overnight, he's just everywhere. They are intentionally bringing this, this clown out for the clown show to conceal Dr. Shiva and the truth freedom health movement. Cause we are real people on the ground that, and we, we are uniting together and we're not waiting for anybody to come save us. And that's what they fear the most. And that's why they hate America. Cause if they really gave a shit, they would elevate this movement and we would actually be able to solve these problems. Yeah. I think the key thing here is Tina, if you don't understand what hatred is, if they loved America, they would have me right now, the guy who discovered the weaponization of government infrastructure be testifying. And the reason they do not want me to testify is because I will expose the fact that the entire Congress voted, voted, passed a law in 2018 for the creation of CISA, which can, which censors every American. Do you get it, Tina? And Trump signed that into law. They hate you. What is America? America equals the First Amendment. December 15, 1791. That's the definition of America. I just had a friend of mine here who's an American citizen, Chinese background. He works in China as a professor. He's on a work visa. They don't have the First Amendment over there, okay? And he's thinking about, he, he came here and he said, you know, he was away for two years. And he goes, Shiva, there's so much censorship of you. I may bring you to do a conference on censorship in America, in China. Can you imagine the irony, uh, Chris? Imagine if I have to go to China to deliver a talk on censorship in America of a U.S. Senate candidate. And we here in America, the Republicans, oh, it's China, is censorious. Think about that, Chris. Think about the irony of that. What do you think, Chris, if I'm invited to China to talk about American censorship? It's absolutely on fucking believable, honestly, to even consider the thought. So I am being censored right now by the fucking United States Congress. And the boondoggle that they're doing is bringing fucking doofus heroin addicted fucking demon Kennedy to act as though he's your warrior when he was for censorship. He thinks Musk is against censorship. Musk is the one who's continuing this censorship infrastructure. You see, one wing of the Congress is supporting Musk and the other wing is supporting Zuckerberg. And all of you are thinking, oh yeah, the Congress is so great. It's split. They have you playing a fucking game. Do you understand? They hate you. Satina Lenz says, I love what you stand for. I really don't understand why they would hate the greatest country on this planet. Legitimate question. Oh, why they would hate it? Why do you think they would hate it? The reason they would hate it is because they love money more than this fucking country. Go look at each one of those Congress people, where they're getting funded from, who funds them. You can find one to two degrees of freedom right to Silicon Valley because Silicon Valley has negotiated a deal with Congress to get Section 230 immunity. And in return for Section 230 immunity, Congress said, we are going to have backdoor portals into your social media companies. That's why. Every single one of them is bought and paid for. All right. Let's take a few other speakers. We've been speaking now. It's uh, It's been about an hour and a half. So let me take um, Bobby L. You can ask a question, Bobby L. Go ahead, Bobby L. Bobby L. Go ahead, Bobby L. Hello? 
Bobby L. Okay, I don't hear him. Um, let's go to a curious, curious gazelle. Go ahead, curious. Curious gazelle. Hi, curious. What's your question? Uh, hi there. Um, really amazing space. Um, I just wanted to know um, at what stage in your life did you kind of transcend the left-right divide and what pushed you? Because in the beginning, you were sort of with the Republican Party. You supported Trump. Uh, Bannon even sort of endorsed you. But now you've transcended all of that and you've got a movement of your own. And how do you stop this movement of yours becoming engulfed by the same system? Yeah, so we have Curious Gazelle, and uh, I see your profile, investigative reporter, queen of deep dive, scrutin, died a Muslim, Soros, supported Trump. Yeah, so let me uh, answer. That's a great question. So first of all, Curious, let me sort of give you the backdrop of this, okay? Um, everyone in our movement, particularly in 2023, it comes into it, has a very, very unique history because they have to overcome Forget the obvious establishment, curious, but the but the um, but the not so obvious establishment, Trump and Kennedy. Once you overcome Trump and Kennedy, you're at a state of consciousness of understanding. You, you've essentially overcome all the bullshit. But let me give you my journey. I've always been interested. You know, the movement we have is truth, freedom, health. And we teach people how to look at the world from a systems perspective. Now, I got interested in systems because I grew up as a non-Brahmin, low-caste Indian. Vivek is a fucking bullshit Brahmin, and no one's bringing this up. And if you look at this guy, he's a fucking bullshitter. He's literally telling people one thing, and he did another thing. He supported vaccine mandates. Now he's saying he didn't. He supported mask mandates, and he said, oh, the reason I supported mask mandates because I was a libertarian, and I wanted to be anti-establishment because Fauci was um, against masks. Complete bullshitter. But that's how the Brahmanical... <laughs> race is in some ways. They bullshit people. Well, I grew up as a lower caste, the lowest caste in India. My parents should never have made it here. So I got very interested, curious, in systems. Like, why the fuck is there this caste system? So I studied every political revolutionary, Lenin, Marx, Thomas Paine, you know, Che Guevara, everyone I could get a handle of, left, right, center, you know, right wing, etc. So I was very deeply interested in political systems. But I was also interested in medical systems. My grandmother was a healer in a small village that had um, you know, ro no running water, but she empirically used an ancient system of medicine. I've been involved in systems. Now, came to the United States when I was a kid, did a lot, had the opportunity to create email, you know, go to MIT. But in 1981, when I came to MIT, one of my mentors was a guy called Chomsky, okay? Um, and I didn't agree with everything Chomsky said, but he was a good theoretician to talk to and I understood the origins of the Indian caste system. And then I went on my own and I had problems with Chomsky because he was really supporting the left. And in 1984, Curious, is when I realized that the establishment has the head of the establishment and then it has the two shoulders, the obvious um, left and the obvious right. Like in the United States, the obvious left establishment is people like the Obamas and the Clintons. Um, and the Nancy Pelosi's, the obvious right are people like McConnell and the Bushes. But at that time, um, the left was losing, the left establishment when Mondale was running against 
1984 was losing its grip on the left. And as a young idealist student, there was a guy called Jesse Jackson running, who was, by the way, part of the Reform Party where Trump came from. And Jesse Jackson was talking all this movement building stuff. You know, we're going to build a bottoms up movement. But he was directly connected with the Democrats. Very, very important. He was a left wing of the shoulder of the left Democrats. Does that make sense? Uh, curious. Let me unmute you. Does that make sense? Um, I can't unmute her for some reason. But if you can unmute yourself, curious. So that's what I realized. Yeah, and I, yeah, that, 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 okay. That makes sense. And I was... Um, and I was tricked by Jesse Jackson. And then I saw something interesting. The way, the reason I, I was tricked is um, a lot of us write, oh my God, Jesse Jackson's anti-establishment. But on the floor of the Democratic Convention, he gives all of his votes to Mondale. And I heard he got a airplane out of the deal, a private jet. I haven't been able to verify. That's what the hearsay is. Um, uh, and he basically gives this long speech. He says, we have to support the lesser of two evils. And I said, fuck this, I'm never ever gonna vote again. At that time, the right had their right wing, which was a Tea Party. So I never voted in my life because, but I started building movements at MIT. I created a radical newspaper, a revolutionary newspaper, which exposed the left and the right. We attacked the administration. We organized the food service workers. Um, there's a picture of me burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT. Uh, we made sure more women. MIT only had 20% women in those days. Uh, very few poor people. Yeah, if if you if you're burning the South Africa flag, wouldn't that put you into anti-white category? No, 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 no. Because there were there were three trends in South Africa. Okay, so again, you can't get into the dialectic because there were three trends in South Africa. Okay, you have to let's go to the. I mean, it's, uh, bottom line, there was the the white elite trend, which was suppressing a large majority of the blacks. Then among the blacks. There were the fake black activists. Nelson Mandela was created. You know, he was not a fighter for the black people. In fact, after Mandela came to power, the conditions of black people in many ways worsened because you had a black bourgeois come in. And then there was a third trend, which was truly the revolutionary trend, which got suppressed at that time involving revolutionary whites and blacks. Now, in the United States, on the left movement, people like Jesse Jackson, people like Bernie Sanders, and now AOC represent that left wing. Now, so when, when uh, to answer your question, when Trump ran, if you remember, curious, he said enough, he was on the stage, he did something very clever. He was hitting the Republicans and the Democrats, right? And if you remember at that time, the Tea Party is essential, and this is the blind spot I had because I forgot the Tea Party had been absorbed but they had been absorbed. So a lot of us said, wow, he's attacking the Republicans and he said enough things, but in about a year, Frank and I will tell you, when I connected the dots, I said, whoa, 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 this guy's full of shit, especially when we saw that he didn't do anything to Fauci, when, he, when we saw that he got a, a, a million dollars from Pfizer. And I had to, again, do this unholy task, curious. If you saw the video I did, Trump was Trump the swamp. And again, we lost 30, 40% of my followers, okay? Got a lot of vitriol. But after we did that is when we realized, and we saw, as Frank said, none of these guys supported us. So we realized that Trump was the Trump was a Bernie Sanders of the right wing. And now in the United States, they've consolidated power with the obvious and not so obvious establishment. So now asking about our movement. So our key thing in the movement is I wish I didn't have to do all this hard work, but we train people on a systems approach. 
We go back to fundamentals that were ignored. We take an engineering systems approach. And the goal here is not about starting a political party. It's about raising consciousness for people to understand that historically when the slaves started rising up, like in the 1920s, in the last, since 1950, the technology that the elites have created is something quite interesting. The technology that they've created is this following technology. They've created a technology which is the not so obvious establishment and they have it on the left and the right. Kennedy and Trump represent the epicenter of that. And our goal, my running, is to give people a true alternative so they don't choose a lesser of two evils. But more importantly, to give people like Chris Bradley, to give people like Suresh, to give people like Frank Licata and, and Kristen and young people all over the planet to understand this physics. Because curious, frankly, there's a physics to building a bridge. There's a physics to building an airplane. Where is the physics to building a movement? And that is what I've uncovered as a scientist and an engineer. And that is a legacy that we're leaving here. An engineering, a scientific approach to recognize that we have to build a bottoms up movement and it cannot rely on one individual. But decentralization does not mean anarcho-syndicalism. It has to be raising people's consciousness to understand these very fundamental concepts. And when you get them, you will realize that the establishment in a recurrent process has a dynamic. So if it isn't Trump today, they'll create Tulsi Gabbard. And if it isn't Tulsi Gabbard, they'll use this guy Vivek. And if it's they have a whole line of people set up who come from top down. And I think the critical thing to think about is what is the origin of these people? What did they do all their lives? So hope that answers your question. Let's go to Kim. Kim. Um, Kim, let me see. Kim McGee Smith, Chief Data something. Um, go ahead, Kim. Great, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Um, my question to you is: Given the recent discussions around systemic racism and social inequality in the United States, how do you think your understanding and experience of the caste system in India may influence your stance on affirmative action policies in America if you were to run for the president? Like, would would you support or challenge the current models of affirmative action based on your personal cultural insights? Thank yeah, you so yeah, much. yeah. No, no. Brilliant, brilliant question. Look. So what's happened is, this is a very powerful question. Look, um, let's, again, we have to look at the historical context, right? So the left wing um, defines racism and I've experienced racism, okay? Um, and I'll explain what that is. The left wing defines racism in a very, very narrow way. Oh, they called him the N word, okay? Um, oh my God, you're a racist, right? To me, that's ignorance. And I've been called that word and worse things. So the left has defined racism in a very narrow way. In fact, the left is one of the most racist groups. The right denies racism. So they've created the dialectic of there is racism, there's not racism. And then you have these warring factions. But when you look at it, racism is ultimately a pillar of imperialism. Um, and we have to understand this. Racism would not exist if there was not monopoly capitalism, right? Not, you know, uh, monopoly capitalism, imperialism could not exist without racism. Same with true sexism. And we're not talking about more women in, in you know, in, um, in corporations. That's not what I'm talking about, feminism, okay? There is the fact that those in power have historically wanted to divide people. You know, when the American uh, elites, you know, first came with the king to the United States, 
they in fact divided the blacks, the slaves from the native Americans, from the white settlers. They had the white settlers hating the blacks, hating the native Americans. They had the native Americans fearful of the blacks and the native white settlers. And they had the blacks hating the native Americans and the white settlers because they need power needs division. The very powerful um, British concept. So to me, the quote unquote racism is dividing people into these little bins. And if you step out of your box, you're then slapped into shape. Let me give you an example. If you're a blonde woman, you must be quote unquote dumb. If you're a Chinese person, you must know, you know, Kung Fu, right? If you're an Indian, you must move your head left to right and be like Gandhi and uh, be fine with getting your head whooped and be into nonviolence, right? I'm a, I'm a bad Indian, okay? I'm not a good Indian because I, and this is the hatred, particularly the liberal elites have because I challenge them and I expose them. Yes, I fucking invented email. I'm not walking away from that. That's what really bothers them. They can't articulate it. So there is racism. But the racism I'm talking about is this idea of putting people in boxes. And the liberal elites are the ones who do that very effectively. And the white supremacy that they create, they're actually the white supremacists. So they create white supremacy. And then they call the poor working class whites white supremacists. So it's a very powerful psychological operation that's done. But ultimately, the goal is to pit poor blacks against poor whites. Now, if you look at the civil rights movement, when the civil rights movement was coming up, um, like in India, and we'll talk about it, um, and it's very interesting parallel, in 1967, the lower caste in India, people like my parents who were supposed were called pigs and called the N-word and the Indian word, couldn't go to the well without being shooed away, um, they, they were considered subhumans by the Brahmins. The fact that my parents made it to India is quite extraordinary. You will not find a lot of Indians like me here. Vivek is not a fucking Indian. He's a fucking Brahmin, and he's actually a Brahmin among the Brahmins. That's why he can go be Jared Kushner's butt buddy, okay? And that's why he's getting so much play. They found another brown guy to hire to hide the real nigga, if you want to say it, me, okay? That's what they needed him for. But the reality is, in the 1960s, whether it was India or the United States, there was an upsurgent movement against addressing the fundamental issues of race and poverty. And the fundamental call of the civil rights movement was infrastructure in the inner cities. Infrastructure, be it in Appalachia or the inner cities. And that was a bottoms up movement. In India, the Brahmins used to say, oh, you, you non-Brahmins are dumb and you're stupid. You, you can't be engineers, you can't be mathematicians. Well, there was a civil rights leader, by the, a true bottoms up guy by the name of Kamraj. He said, the reason my people aren't making it to school is they don't have any fucking food. So he demanded a school lunch program where everyone got protein. That's how my mother, even to this day, she's one of the few women who got a math degree from her background, got a statistics degree, an extraordinary woman. My dad had never seen a book until he was 12 years old. He became an engineer. Unheard of. My parents are extraordinary people. That's why I'm here. And that's why I fight like this, because I know where I fucking came from. You go to the United States. There was a true bottoms up civil rights movement. And then the fucking Kennedys, Robert fucking Kennedy, picked up Martin Luther King, who was a black bourgeois, and they anointed him to be the leader. They suppressed the real bottoms up leaders. Some of them were whites who were fighting for infrastructure. Malcolm X was sidelined and they promoted this rapist, this guy who was a drug addict, who was banging everything, Martin Luther King. Name was Michael King, by the way. 
right? Just like Mahatma Gandhi, his name wasn't Mahatma, the great one. So the elites created these top-down leaders, promoted Martin Luther King, but and there were massive protests in the United States. So as a band-aid solution, they gave affirmative action. Now, if there wasn't this movement, poor blacks wouldn't have gotten anything. So, but affirmative action was a gain of those protests, but it was a band-aid. It did not address the infrastructure in the inner cities, which was a real solution. So they threw a bone. Okay, we got to make sure because of the systemic issues, we have to make sure we're going to allow a certain quota of people into these institutions, and then they'll figure out their way. Now at MIT, when I came in 1981, most of my friends were poor whites and poor blacks um, who I identified with. And they they were some of the early people who came in. Now in late 19. 60, early 70, MIT allowed around 10 or 20 black students at MIT. They occupied the MIT faculty club. They were allowed in on affirmative action. They said, you know what? We're all going to fail here because our inner city schools never even taught us calculus or advanced algebra. So you just brought us here to make us fail. We'll all uh, get, drop out of freshman year, a lot of 50% dropout rate. And then you'll say, see, you, you black people are dumb. So those students had protests at MIT to create the infrastructure at MIT that should have been done in the inner cities. So they had MIT set up tutoring programs, teach them calculus, all the stuff they should have had in their high schools. The bottom line is infrastructure was a solution, but the fucking Kennedy, racist Kennedys, didn't want that. They did it for window dressing. Just like Chris Bradley said, you saw, um, you saw this fucking heroin addicted fucker Booby Kennedy acting like he's a fighter. The Kennedys are masters of PR. Robert Effing Kennedy Sr. totally loved the Vietnam War. They painted him as a man of peace. Bullshit. He's the one who anointed uh, Martin Luther King. And the end goal has been a Band-Aid solution called affirmative action. So the right wing doesn't like it. The average blacks had never helped them. And now you remove affirmative action. And now the, the whites feel they got a victory and the blacks hate them. And this is all about creating race war. Those in power do not want to address the fundamental issues, which is infrastructure, nor do they want a bottoms up leader to come up below, be it me, be it our movement, or be it someone like, you know, Malcolm X. That's what this is about. Let me uh, go ahead. Did you, yeah. So, no, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, so for someone like yourself who's really credentialized and, and has kind of used merit, of course, for all your, your accomplishments in life, it, it seems like you're focusing on infrastructure as one of the, the key things to kind of normalize these race relations here. So is there any specific policy that you would implement as president in order to address this? Because mm -hmm. I know there's some that says, hey, there's systemic racism and you have to do something. What specifically are you promoting? Is it just more money into inner cities? No, let me, let me, let me, you're asking a great question. Look, um, if you come to so every Thursdays, we do a town hall and the town hall involves the following areas, healthcare, environment, education, innovation, governance, and economy. You have six areas. And what we do at our town hall, look, I'm a systems guy. We already have solutions for these. Let's be very, very honest. Let's be absolutely honest. The judiciary is corrupt. I've seen it with my own eyes. The legislature is corrupt, right? And the presidency is corrupt. So my winning, what would I do differently? You know what I would do? I would do nothing different. Uh, the goal of a president, in my view, in the current century, 21st, 22nd century, is to use the bully pulpit of the presidency to as a megaphone to educate 8 billion people. That's what the United States president should be doing. So if you saw the swarm video, 
That's a policy video. That video got out in spite of the shadow banning and everyone should go see the swarm video um, to about 20 million people. What is that swarm video? In 15 minutes, in a very simple way, the little blue marker and a whiteboard, I explain to everyone what who are the elites. It's not just one person. It's not like the Jews or the Rothschilds. It's not any one individual. It's a swarm that uses that their goal is power, profit, control. They use their infrastructure, which is the 100 university presidents, Hollywood. It's a whole network. They operate in some ways through telepathy. They input fake leaders. They input um, uh, you know, policies, which ultimately are making people fat, dumb, and happy and making people reliant on that swarm. So that little video is a very powerful video. What does that do? Ultimately, I believe in decentralization and I believe in raising of consciousness. And this is something I learned watching the breakdown or the attempted breakdown of when real change occurred. How did my parents break the caste system? They got educated. You raise your consciousness. And the modern consciousness raising is going to come from people understanding this dynamics of systems. Look, the 10 to 20,000 elites who advise the leaders in many of these countries, they go learn system science. George Soros is one of the leaders in reflexivity theory, which is system science. I used to teach system science. System science, which we teach at Truth, Freedom, Health, is like bringing fire to the apes or bringing fire to the primitive people. We're walking around trying to change the world with, you know, bows and, you know, sticks. But system science is what Henry Kissinger knows. System science is what the elites know, but they use this very powerful knowledge to manipulate people. So my view is that ultimately it's education. Well, how do you solve the real issue of racism? Well, racism is never going to get solved unless we solve the fundamental issues of really deep income inequality. You have to address that. And this is not a left thing or a right thing. When you go look at the data, it shows that as long as you have this rapacious income inequality, which is what we have now in America, the average American only has $400 in their bank account for a rainy day. They're fucked if they have a couple of rainy days. They're screwed. And if you go look at gun violence, it's not the guns that create violence, nor is it what the Republicans say, oh, it's drugs. It is income inequality. And we did a whole analysis on this. We have to address income inequality because during 1900 to 1970 in the United States, when the GDP grew, the entire economy, the wages grew for every person. Why? And this comes down to the central issue. It grew because there was a consciousness among 120 million workers in the United States, there were nearly 11 million strikes. The fear of God was put into the elites. You fuck with us, we will strike on you. And there was massive, massive bottoms up movement, not controlled by the Democrats, not controlled by Russia, but true organic bottoms up movement in the United States. By 1970, following the McCarthy era, those bottoms up movements were wiped out. The Republicans called those bottoms up movements communists and Marxists, and the left took over those movements, Kim. And what ended up happening was by 1970 till today, so just, just, and you can go see the RAND report, it's a beautiful report, 1900 to 1970, the GDP grew for America, it was a heyday of America, everyone's wages grew. 19, contrast to 1970 to 2023, the GDP has grown, but the American pie sort of went through mitosis. One pie for the elites, another pie for um, the broad mass of Americans. That pie didn't grow, it shrunk. So the wages of the first and second income quartile in the United States have shrunk. And the wages of the larger income quartile expanded, case being 
in during the pandemic, 600 billionaires increased their wealth by $2.3 trillion. In fact, poor whites' average median wage has gone down to around, you know, dropped by nearly 50%. So there's been a consolidation of power as never before. And the only way out of this is through building a mass movement. That's it. So my running for president, Kim, is to give people an alternative to say, oh, it's not left or right. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's like we have to build a fucking movement. And that's and how do we build a movement? Well, we have to understand the dynamics of how to build that movement. And that is what we're doing. It's the only way. There's there's no Messiah coming. So let me go to the uh, next person. It is 1127. Let's take a couple more questions. Let's go over to, uh, I'm just going to choose, um, we have someone here called uh, Chris Philby. Chris Philby, you're as a speaker. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good evening. Good to have you. Chris Philby. Chris? Hi, good evening, Chris, or good morning, wherever you are. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Shibby. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to ask you a question. Uh, first, I wanted to let you know that uh, I am just you know, blown away with all the work that you've done and sincerely appreciate it. And second, uh, to let you or to make you aware that, you know, other people are following your footsteps and uh, we're in the process of trying to make people aware of this programmable uh, central bank digital currency and there's a movement afoot to try to uh, undermine that process which you you know we'd be happy to help you learn about what we're doing I guess my, my question would be, since we're kind of limited on what our eventual choices are going to be, is there anything that that Trump could do to get you back in his good graces, or get you, him back in your good graces, rather, um, from the standpoint of whether it's a mea culpa or whether his, he uh, reversed some legislation, you know, reversed this legislation or doing something in, in a positive direction to, uh, you know, make a difference in your eyes that, that would indicate that he's seen the light. So, so Chris, thank you for asking that question. So um, let's have a conversation on this because, you know, by the way, every um, th I, I haven't talked about this because I didn't. Uh, but every Thursdays, Chris at eleven a.m. and at eight p.m. Okay, every Thursdays eleven a.m. eight p.m. You can go to vashiva.com/orientation. We do an open house. Okay, and we go through the details of these kinds of questions. Um, you can also go to the town hall. We do shivaforpresident.com/townhall. But let me. So let's look at. I really. Um, when, when someone asks this question, I always like to go to the foundation of why they're asking the question, okay? 
And I think your question comes with sincerity, but it's premised on this notion that Trump actually is committed to wanting to change something in the interests of the working class of this country. Do you follow what I'm saying, Chris? That's what it's premised on. Like he actually cares about America, meaning America, not for the elites, but for the broad mass of Americans. So that's the presumption. And what I'm here to tell you is that's a false presumption. And um, you don't get to these positions unless one of the things a friend of mine who was, an, um, was a very interesting person, um, and he said, you know, the most dangerous people are people who can fake sincerity. And these people spend their lives about messaging. You know, when I was meeting with Trump for the two hours, I reluctantly went to meet him because I was very pissed off with him, what he did to our election. You know, he praised me, called me to Mar-a-Lago. I didn't go. Then he called again and we went. And in those two hours, what I saw, I saw a very frail old man who's basically like an actor in the backstage. I didn't see this brass bald guy talking. It was, a, you know, this guy sitting in the backstage. And what's fascinating was during that two-hour conversation, he kept taking notes. Ooh, that's a good message. Ooh, that's a good message. I think I can use that. Now, why am I saying that? You see, these people are actors. They're given a role. And the role, and it's like a beauty pageant that's being run right now. Who can convince the American people that they are going to bring them to the promised land? And that person, whatever they say, it's all an act. It's pure theater that's taking place. And the, the it's, a, it's a casting call that's being done. In fact, it's interesting. Trump said a couple of weeks ago, ooh, Xi Ping, you know, the guy in, in China, he goes, he was pulled out of central casting. I love him. He runs China with an iron fist. All those 1.7 billion people. It's interesting. He's casting. But these people have no interest in advancing the American working class. They don't. And you can only look at it by their actions. Look at his actions. If you are a revolutionary, if you are saying lock her up and drain the swamp, well, that means you're a revolutionary now. That doesn't mean you're gonna bur burn buildings up, but when you come in, you come in with the force of that 100 days mandate. He brings in John Bolton. John Bolton is as warmongerous as you get. He brings in every fucking swamp creature in there. And then everyone's excusing him. They had the Q movement, excusing Trump for four years. It was a psychological operation, waiting for the Messiah to come. And during those four years, Trump did what Hillary Clinton never could have gotten away with. He did Operation Warp Speed. He made sure, you know, $7.9 trillion in one term were printed. Obama took him two terms to print $8 trillion. He made sure that money was funneled to Wall Street. His own son-in-law got $2 billion from the Saudis. You just have to look at the facts. And you're talking to someone who sincerely supported him. You're talking to people like Frank, who in the bitter cold put up thousands of signs for him. But at the end of the day, you have to face the reality. He is not one of us, Chris. He's not one of us. Kennedy's not one of us. So the presumption to think that is wrong, and it's just going to lead us into this lesser of two evils. If you look at the graph I shared, Chris, there's a graph that shows since 1980, the American lifespan is going downward. Every other industrialized nation is going up. That means if you have a child today, your child is going to live less number of years than you. And that metric tells you the systemic issues. And that's happened since Kennedy to Carter to Ford to uh, uh, you know Reagan to uh, Bushes to Trump to Obama. 
All of these people left and right have destroyed the American health. It's not the vaccines. It's like 10 different issues integrated. It's a systems overhaul is needed. How do you get a systems overhaul? Well, we need to build a movement. That movement cannot no longer be lesser of two evils. You have to come to the fact that whichever one of these tweedledee tweedledum guys, in fact, the more you think you're going to vote for the guy who's going to help you, he's going to fuck you even more. So right now, when you look at the centralized um, you know, digital bank currency, CDBCs, I'm not sure if you know, Chris, we can have a longer discussion. A, a very small company got funded $2 billion to merge digital currencies with carbon tax and interlink it. And it's going to be interlinked with, with your social media site. And you just had booby fucking Kennedy say Bitcoin should be the back end for our currency. Bitcoin is not some savior. The blockchain is not some savior because the blockchain itself needs to run on computing, which is highly centralized. And this is what a lot of these people don't understand. The amount of computing, 52% of the Bitcoin mining takes place in China, in centralized servers. So decentralization through centralization is never going to occur. So people are looking for these solutions when the only solution is raising people's consciousness and building a bottoms up movement. And in order to build a movement, you need to understand the physics of that movement. Truthfreedomandhealth.com is the only movement that has done that. If someone else exists, I, I will retire right away, but it doesn't. It should have been done by our parents. So we need to build a movement because all of these issues are interlinked and we cannot do this thing. Oh, you're going to vote for Trump. He's a little bit better than DeSantis. They're both fuckers. Both of them are. We need to focus our efforts on why getting me on the ballot is important because we will build a movement out of that. Why is it that I'm running? Because we want to give people an alternate to the lesser of two evils, but it's about raising people's consciousness. This is about the individual recognizing that these people hate America. Trump doesn't love America. As Frank, Frank said, if he did, he would have been all out there supporting our campaign against Elizabeth Warren. He did shit. If he loved America, I went and met with him first for two hours. He said, what do you want? What do you want? I said, I don't want anything from you. I said, you fucking supported a guy in Massachusetts who committed election fraud. The next meeting I went and I said, and you know what? You should allocate some of that $25 million of the half a billion dollars you raised off my back, off my work to creating a real research powerhouse, which could expose election systems issues. He did nothing. Please get everyone through their head. Trump's businesses were all fucking failing. All, it's all bullshit. Oh, he was such a great businessman. He sacrificed. He just made $555 million out of golf courses. He didn't make that kind of money. Everyone listen very carefully. The swarm doesn't give a fuck about you. We have to let go of this ethos that they are going to come and help us. They don't give a fuck about us. It's all theater. Okay, we'll take one last question. Let's go to... Um, in Divide. Um, in Divide is a network engineer, thinker, truth seeker. Go ahead, In Divide. In Divide. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, how are you? Good evening. Hi, hi. thanks for filling my, uh, my call, Dr. Shiva, and uh, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, I just have uh, real two quick uh, questions. One on this uh, on this space, I would like to know: Could you give us a real quick summary on your uh, religious background? 
And uh, the second uh, quick question is, are you going to be participating in the, the debates? Thank you. Yeah, so let me just ask you one question on that. In Divide, can you just come back on? Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons that people left, what was the reason that people came to America initially? Because of religious persecution, right? Yeah. Right. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very important one, right? And one of the foundational principles were, was a religion was supposed to be very personal to somebody, you know? Um, and government and the state should be separated from that. Not that people should not bring their views into it, but, but, uh, so to me, my relationship with God is very, very personal. And, uh, you know, very close friends of mine who are evangelical Christians will say, you know, Dr. Shiva has the Christ mind, you know, he sees things, he's connected. And I, um, so we can talk about Christ and I believe 90% of Christians don't even know who Christ is. Uh, particularly the evangelicals get uh, manipulated by the Zionists, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I, I, not to cut you off, but uh, the reason why I bring it up yeah. is, is because uh, obviously um, these last seven years in America, we're, we're drifting that this country was founded, right? We're based on the, um, uh, the, the idea that uh, our, our rights are given to us by God, right? So I, I think that uh, any candidate that runs um, going forward, uh, I think this is going to be a very important decision for a lot of voters um, uh, based on, I, I think the candidates, they're going to they're gonna need to have a, a strong uh, uh, religious belief. Uh, well, well, I think you have to look at these people's actions. I can tell you, I think you should judge me by my actions. You know, I could tell you, you know, I have a deep relationship, a very personal relationship with God, but you should look at my actions. And, you know, I was brought up, you know, you know, I went to Catholic school. The Hindu religion is interesting because the Hindu religion believes actually Christ is a son of God, and they believe God sends his messiahs at different times. You know, I've gone to every Christian church you can imagine. But in my study, um, ultimately all the greatest spiritual leaders, no matter how much they talked about extracorporeal events, ultimately it was about service here and now. Uh, I would say 99% of Christ's life, in, in my view, in my connection, was exposing the not so obvious establishment, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And yet I find so many Christians having these major contradictions massive contradictions. So I don't like to talk about, because I will have to go off on a lot of people who claim they're this religion, that religion, because I find them actually to be bullshitters and particularly people who use the word of Christ. And um, in my view, the thing that resonates with me with the founding of America was some of these rights are inalienable rights. They are independent of some individual, right? They come because of our who we are. And, um, and so I have a real, real problem. Um, and I've gone off, you know, if you look at the life of Christ and you really study it in my view, and I've studied from many, many different vantage points, it's like doing particle physics because you can only see it by the actions. I mean, seven days before Christ is crucified, um, he was exposing the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and he whipped the shit out of these people multiple times and no Christian ever wants to talk about those incidents. That's what I find fascinating. Oh yeah, Christ died for your sins. Okay, well let's talk about what he did right before he got crucified. 
Oh, oh, that was just an anomalous event when Christ took the whip and he bit the, sh that was just something he was angry. No, that is to me the central event of Christ's life, that he connected heaven and earth in a very profound way. And if you're a religious person and you claim to be, whether you're Hindu, Muslim, Christian, whatever you are, look at your prophets, look at your messiahs, what they did, their actions. And you will find ultimately they fought evil on this planet. And ultimately, they expose the wolves in sheep's clothing, as someone just put up. And that is what we're doing. Fucking Kennedy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Same with Trump. And to me, that's being a good Christian. You expose that, you're a good Christian. Don't... Yeah, I, if I could just add one last thing here to this. But that, that's, that's, you know, I, I want to bring it down to a very grounded level. You know, you have the, look, I saw the film Sound of Freedom. I know Edward who did the film before. But all these guys are Catholics and not one of them is exposed the Vatican. Like, come on. The Vatican is a center of pedophilia. Why haven't you talked about that? So the contradictions are so fucked up. So, yeah, I go watch a movie. OK, I give a hundred make a hundred million dollars. And the Catholic Church is a center of pedophilia, which is a foundation of child trafficking. And you leave the Catholic Church out of it. Because all three of them are Catholics. So I got a problem with that. Right. And, and the reason why I brought it up is because we're moving into this world of artificial intelligence. And a lot of these tech tycoons, they look at the world as um, their, their own gods, right? Uh, let's just be honest about it, right? They, they think that their talents don't come from God. They come from themselves. And yeah, but I know that you're a big Trump supporter. Let me ask you, how can you support Trump when he banged all these women and paid off the prostitutes, you know? So you got it, you're asking me about God, but I really think you should ask about your support for Trump when he's a vile human being and I supported him. So you gotta think about that before we talk about God any further, thanks. So anyway, I really, really want people to stop this bullshitting, talk bringing God into it when you're supporting Trump or Kennedy who are scumbags, they're vile, vile human fucking beings, okay? So I just, got a little thing. Sorry to cut you off, man, but I can't take you seriously. You're supporting four to eight more years of Trump when Trump fucking had prostitutes, banged them, fucking his wife being pregnant, took money from Big Pharma, didn't lock up Fauci. How the fuck can you support him and talk about God to me? Talk about God to me if you really want to talk about God and we'll have a real discussion. But don't talk about God to me in some fucking owner fucked up way when fucking Trump has nothing to do with God, okay? Everything he does is bullshit. Same with Kennedy. Ah, they're all demons. There's some very interesting work done on the symbolism with Trump. How one could say Trump is the Antichrist and Kennedy right now is a false prophet. And there's some enough data to show that. So let's, if you're a Trumper and you claim you're interested in God, well then really go read the Bible. Go meditate, go pray to Christ and find out of Christ what he tells you. So time for some fucking reality. And with that, I want to end with John Medlar, who was a very, I think John just left, who was a very devout Catholic. John, why don't you end this thing? Because you truly, you and I have had a lot of these discussions, John. Go ahead. Yeah, you brought up the Vatican a second ago. And any any faithful any faithful Catholic who believes that the Catholic Church is the church that Christ founded through his apostles, wants the church purged of all these pedophiles. So if you're a serious, if you're a serious Catholic or a serious Christian, 
you don't you don't, you, you don't accept these contradictions particularly in people who claim to be princes of the church i'm talking about the bishops for example like we need a bottoms up inquisition is what we need in christianity basically um, uh, there needs to be an absolute bottoms up movement in the church that whips the hell out of these people and i think i think john in closing one of the things we fundamentally need to talk about is ultimately the leaders of a nation or a country reflect the consciousness of the public. So right now, the, the people that we have in power say one thing and they do another. Their words don't match their deeds. Congress shall pass no laws we close, right? To abridge the freedom of speech. Congress passed a law to destroy the freedom of speech on November 16, 2018, signed into law by Trump, who claims, he says, I love America, waves all these flags. All these people wearing their little American flags. They all hate America because they, all of them, it was a unanimous vote, a unanimous vote. And they all talk about God, 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 God. It's like my mom said, you know, my mom really despised people who were these evangelicals talking everything about God because most of them were banging people in the back room. They were banging their congregation. And then they go out and talk about God. I don't really want to talk about God. I want to talk about deeds. Let's talk about deeds. Because you express your connection to God by your deeds, not by talking about God, your deeds. You want to be a good Christian? Then walk in the path of Christ. You want to be a good Hindu? Walk in the path of Ram, who was a warrior, a noble warrior. Walk in their paths. Don't fucking talk to me about God and what my religion is. Let's talk about your actions. And right now we're at a point, we haven't... Americans have a huge opportunity. They have a real American with us. We have real Americans on this call. Crystal Ellis, you know, John, um, Kristen, Suresh, Heather, you know, many of you who are listening here. And then on the other hand, you have these people, Booby effing Kennedy literally said a few days ago, they asked him about Herschel Walker and how on the outside, he says he's, he's pro-life and then he has two abortions. And then they say, oh, you know, your uncle also was a philanderer and your other uncle killed a woman and he's squirming in his seat. He goes, oh, well, you know, I don't think personal integrity and public integrity, they're two different. He goes, they are two different things. He's telling you to your face, I may murder people. I may do steroids. I may bang people over here. I may lie, cheat, but you should just, that's my private life. But over here, accept my public face. So if you are willing to buy that, then you're going to get that kind of leaders. You want to see someone who is true and says it like it is in a movement that the personal and the private emerge into one? That's what we're doing. Most working people do not have the luxury of spitting in a cop's face, which is what Booby Kennedy was taught to do at the age of 17, and have mom and papa bail them out. You spit in a cop's face, you're going to jail. That's the laws we have to live by. So it's time we recognize that Personal integrity and public integrity have to be one. You can't be the Vatican talking about Christ and fucking running a pedophilia rink. You can't be Donald Trump waving the Bible in one hand and taking advantage of Christians in the other hand. You can't talk about you're against, you're for free speech and supporting Zionism, which has nothing to do with Judaism, which fucking subjugates the Palestinian people into an environment of they can't even speak. Come on. So it's time for truth, freedom, health. You have to have freedom to get to truth. And with truth and freedom, we get to health. And with health, we can 
have the wherewithal. That's why this movement's important. So in closing, everything that I'm talking about here are deep concepts. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. Go to shivaforpresident.com. Volunteer, support our movement. Get a freaking bumper sticker if you're working hard. Put it on the back of your car. Hand out flyers. Make up your own things. Poster boards. We had a guy called Jason Long out in the middle of a big highway, basically giving the finger to Elon Musk because they shadow ban us. I mean, a guy with my stature with 300,000 followers only gets 40 people on a Twitter space. Come on. We're shadow banned the fuck out of it by Musk. But we don't care because we have hundreds of millions of people know our movement. We're going to be on the ground. And if anything here resonates with you, at minimum, go to Shiva for President Volunteer. Go to truthfreedomhelp.com. Come to our open house. But this is about you. Your consciousness will be reflected in the leaders you have. You have a, a low consciousness and you accept Booby fucking Kennedy taking steroids, which, by the way, have 100,000 times more chance of causing blood clots created by Big Pharma, a $250 billion emerging industry. mRNA is going to be about $120 billion, which also causes blood clots. But legal steroids, steroids cause have a 10,000 times to 100,000 times more chance. These people have contradictory up the wazoo. So I want to thank, um, as we close, um, our host. Crystal, did you want to say anything as we close? Crystal Ellis? Oh, geez, I don't want to keep anyone on. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things that we could say about these characters we're trying to talk about to everyone here that they want to hold on to these, you know, false idols and uh, false gods. It's time to completely let it go. They're, they're obviously here to mislead you. Like Dr. Shiva's just trying to show anyone can do this research on any of these people. It's, it's right there. It's to the public. If you don't think that he endorsed Hillary Clinton, look it up. You know, if, if you don't think he uh, knew Epstein, Look it up. Both of them did. If, both of them did Trump and Kennedy. Exactly. If you don't think that they support big pharma, look it up. Uh, these aren't things that these are just facts. So when people want to act like it's something emotional, not really, but sure. Sometimes you, we have to get angry in order to get people's attention. Why? Why isn't everybody angry? I mean, that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And 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 who's doing God's work? A lot of us believe that. We're doing God's work, and Dr. Shiva's doing God's work. We're not sitting around talking about it, we're actually doing it. And everybody needs to do it. Otherwise, if you do think there's a Messiah coming, you're in big trouble because you're just sitting around. That's not what God wanted for people just to sit around and wait. So I, I, I also ask everybody go look at truthfreedomhealth.com, just read the content that's there, absorb it understand it, come to open house, especially for anybody here who uh, wanted to speak and we we could be on here for 10 hours, right? Um, come to open house so you can introduce yourself there. Uh, you can ask a question there. We do that, like Dr. Shiva says, twice on Thursday. You're never gonna find a presidential candidate or anybody who spends this much time with the public, this transparent, uh, you, you're not gonna ever find it. Um, so I hope everybody joins us, you know, um, comes, uh, becomes a volunteer, 
We have meetings about volunteering for the campaign on Saturdays. I mean, Dr. Shiva probably spends a minimum of nine to 12 hours per week with every like public publicly. So take advantage of it. <laughs> you can. Um, yeah, that's about it. Dr. Shiva, I could, I could go. Great. Thank you. Kennedy and others, but yeah, thank you. If you guys want to watch, I'm just going to finish just with a video that we created. People, those people who knew my background in history, it's a video that uh, John and I put together on my run for president. Let me just play that for you guys. And then who uh, would have I'll ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste, untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They've printed trillions for their friends. They've delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption, and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering, and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food, and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them, and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. 
they think will fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file, who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey, are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health. To win back America. Be part of this historic movement. All the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. Tom, we'll, we'll, we will do more of these Twitter spaces. Uh, I wish, uh, I'm just going to sign off on social media. I'll be right back on Twitter space. Be well, everyone. Go to Shiva for president, volunteer, support the movement in any way you feel uh, makes sense to you. Be well. Thank you. So to everyone on